Kim and her live from the Panhandle in Florida. Yes, we are for a full show tonight. <laughs> no, that you got a couple more hours before you oh, okay. go into I'm that sorry. mode. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, we're here with you for five hours this evening, and you can get to us as always at three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. And we're broadcasting live uh, thanks to our friend Tom Hoots from Studio Eight Twelve in scenic Lynn Haven, Florida. Yes. And uh, Tom has been hard at work. Uh, literally. Li- literally hard building, at work. Building a radio station in his recording studio. Yes. And that's what we're broadcasting from tonight. Are we going to have fun tonight, Tom? Oh, yeah. Good. Okay. <laughs> Tom's bedtime is nine. Yes, yeah. I know. We're, 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 we're like eight minutes past bedtime already. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> we're going to introduce you to uh, some friends of ours. Some you already know. Some will be new to you. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, there was a segment that uh, ran on Channel 2. Harry Porterfield did a segment called Someone You Should Know. And tonight we want to introduce you to uh, some of our friends from the Panhandle yep. who are people we think you should know. Yep. And we want to start off with a, uh, a woman who is nice enough to let us hang out on her radio show <laughs> on uh, the we college radio station, show. WKGC, in yep. Panama City. Yes. She does the mix. And she is an extraordinarily talented woman. I, I think that's how she wanted me to say it. Uh, and, and her name is Karen Morris. Hey, Karen, thanks for joining us. Hey, oh, that's, hello, Karen. Yes. Oh, that's right. Hello, Karen. <laughs> yes. Hello. How are you? Good, Thank you. good. Thank you for joining us here, too. Of course. Thank uh, you for having me. You do Monday through Friday from 11 to 1 on WKGC at Gulf Coast Community College, right? Gulf Coast State College. State College. State what? College. That's old school, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Well, I'm old, so forgive me. <laughs> but yes, yes, I And do. you've been doing the, the mix, the midday show, for how long? Um, I started in October mm-hmm. on the mix. I had been a DJ on the student station, the alternation, which which is WKGC HD3 right. for almost two years. So, and, and I don't want to embarrass Karen, but every now and then you hear someone and you say, people need to know about this person. <laughs> yes. And every time Karen opens her mouth, personality comes out. Well, she has stories. And that's a rarity in well, radio today. She has stories to tell. And, and when we stopped by to do her show for the two times over the past two weeks, uh, I, going in, I said, Steve, let's, let's make her talk. Because she's going to try to make us talk. So we did. We pulled a little bit out of you the last time about growing up and spending some time in Japan. You did. You did. You pried some information out of me. Your dad's military. Was military, right? Yes. Air Force? Mm Mm-hmm. And so that's why you were living in Japan. That's correct. But you're a native of this area, correct? Yes. I was actually born at Eglin in Fort Walton. Ah. And then wound up back here after some time, you know, in Utah at Hill Air Force Base and then Masao in Japan. We wound up back here in Panama City. Now, you're also military, right? Well, no. no? I, I had tried. I went through basic, and then I wound up getting injured, and so oh. I, I got out right after basic. But uh-huh. I did experience it. Were you trying for Air Force or what? Army. Army? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tomorrow is, Sunday is a Women Veterans Day. Yes. Wow. I didn't know. There should be a bigger deal about it. Yeah. Right? Because there are no a lot idea. of them. Yes. Somebody on the radio ought to say something about that. Good point, Tom. Thank yes, you. Karen. Someone should say something about that on their show on Monday. Definitely. I will. I will. So what, was there a point or a person that made you say, I want to do radio? Like, like in Chicago, Johnny and I had a lot of people that we listened to. Who I didn't kind have of, a lot of women, but yeah. Yeah, that's true. 
but was there someone who made you say, you know, I think I want to do that? Well, um, there was the, the, I don't remember any of their names at the times, but the DJs that were on one of our local radio stations kind of started it, but, you know, sparking the interest. But Delilah. Oh, oh sure. sure. Yeah, yeah. She, I really like her. What a, lot. a great person, too. Yeah. Definitely. But you also told a great story about being nine years old and listening to the evening show mm-hmm. where you got to call in yes. and you would call in. Yes, I, w- I would call on the high five at nine. It was a segment they had where you would they would play the top five songs of the day uh-huh. and then you would write it down and try to call in. And I, that was my my admission every single day was to try to get on the radio. And <laughs> sometimes I was successful. Sometimes I wasn't. But well, it was know- fun. People who call into radio stations are important because at our wedding reception, do you remember there were people in the receiving line? And I said to you, who is that? And you said, oh, they used to call me when I was on the air. I'm like, they're at our wedding reception? Yep. Wow. (laughs) Yes. But you become friends off the air. Especially when you're working a, a crazy shift late at night and you're like, oh... Okay, somebody's out there listening to me, so that's cool. Yeah. But as entertaining as Karen is, she scared me when we were coming in to be on her show last week. How's that? She had some scary news about Barney. Oh, that's right. Oh, yes. <laughs> you want to repeat this? Because I, I think there, there are a fair amount of Barney fans. Enthusiasts. Uh, in the <laughs> yeah. Chicago area What's and the listening to us around the, the country. I'm looking for the word that's the opposite of enthusiast. Yeah. <laughs> Barney haters, maybe? <laughs> but uh, So Barney is apparently coming back? Yes, he's coming back and he's got a makeover. He's going to be an, in an animated series. And from what I've noticed, he has, he has a chipped tooth. And if you've seen Dumb and Dumber... Yeah. <laughs> he reminds me of Lloyd Christmas. So, and there's a lot of a lot of people on social media who are not happy. Okay, the image no. of, of a Barney Lloyd Christmas is. You know, I, I, when I heard that story, we were driving to the studio when we heard her tell that story, and I thought they are thugging him up. Yes. Yes. they're making him street. This is not right because kids are going to say, "Why am I getting my tooth fixed?" Exactly because Barney doesn't have his fixed. I see dentists right now going, "No, we don't want to go there." <laughs> <laughs> well, Barney and more and, and Karen and who knows what else coming up. So stay with us at WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman on WGN, broadcasting live from Studio 812 in Lynn Haven, Florida. And you can text us and tell us where you're listening to us from. We've heard from um, Myrtle Beach and earlier on our Facebook page, which is a very active page, a couple people are listening from Florida tonight, and we appreciate that too. So we're, and hopefully Chicago's listening, but you can get a hold of us at 312 981 7200. Later on tonight, we are going to be talking about the last weekend of the Chicago Auto Show, and our car guy, Tom Appel, will be joining us to talk about that. And buckle up because the last weekend of the Chicago Auto Show historically means blizzard time. Yep. And I know Ron said the weather is supposed to be pretty decent tonight and tomorrow, but... That was one of the reasons that we uh, we timed our trip to uh, the Panhandle, <laughs> right. because There's the last always, weekend of the auto show is always... always and yet, they have a record turnout, because it's a holiday weekend, kids are out of school, kids like to get to the auto show, so... 
Yeah, if, if you've got plans to be out on Monday, you might want to get your boots out if you think spring is come and gone. That was fake spring. <laughs> so a little later, we'll uh, tell you everything you need to know about the final weekend of the Chicago Auto Show. We're also going to uh, introduce you to another friend of ours from mm-hmm. down here who uh, uh, has a fascinating history. He was David Crosby's tour manager. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk a little bit about David Crosby. Uh, we will also tell you everything you need to know about Punchki. And king cakes. Karen, do you know what a punchki is? I do not. <laughs> well, whatever you do, if you're in the Midwest for Fat Tuesday, do not call it a donut or a jelly donut or a glorified jelly donut because it is a thing unto itself, the punchki. Uh, in communities, and a lot of the, these communities are in the Midwest where there's a, a large Polish population, uh, Fat Tuesday is celebrated with these unfreaking believable punchkis which you've got the bottom dough, and then you have, it could be fresh strawberries, it could be buttercream, it could mm-hmm. be Jameson's. Yum. I mean, they, they do all kinds of crazy things. Whatever it is, it's delicious and they're and huge. Yeah, they're like oh, 500 pounds. But that's the whole idea. It's Fat Tuesday, so you're supposed to eat them, and then, of course, Lent starts, and you give all that up. But in Chicago, whew, bakeries literally make thousands and yep. they'll have to put signs up on their their windows like nine ten o'clock in the morning we're out of punchkis the lines are yep. down the street spring wow. teen, uh, springsteen tickets ain't nothing compared, compared to, to lines for, for punchkis yes spelled p-a-c-z-k-i pronounced various ways we're going to talk to a guy that has a brewery that's a hard word for me to say um and he has actually developed three punchki stouts Alcohol that tastes like... That was one of my favorite uh, bands in the 70s. The Punchki Stouts. The Punchki Stouts. Stouts. <laughs> like them a lot. <laughs> yeah, he's going to talk to us after midnight tonight, which should be interesting because, again, they make alcohol where he works. So we'll have to see what happens then. Also, a little later tonight, uh, we, we got so much stuff planned. Yes. Uh, we're going to introduce you to a wonderful, wonderful lady who's been nice enough to stay up late and hang out with yes. us. Yes. Uh, one of our favorite newscasters, Amy Hoyt, has been nice enough to stay up. Uh, those of you who have been longtime listeners, you've heard Amy. She has joined us, uh, I believe it was uh, during Hurricane Michael, Michael. for a while and, uh, and some other things. But Amy's been nice enough to come in and hang out with us. But right now we're talking with Hello, Karen. <laughs> and uh, you can catch Karen. Uh, you can catch her online. You can go to uh, wkgc.org. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, you can also uh, follow her if you're in the uh, the panhandle. It's at 90.7 FM. And we're on the same time zone. That really yeah. floors people because as I was booking the show over this past week, so many times people would say, well, yeah, but, you know, what time is it there? And I go, it's the same time where you are. Yeah. If you're in Chicago or it, it, it's because it's Florida, people assume it's East Coast. And I think there's a there's a line not very far from here where, in yeah, fact, I think you, it's a, it's close to about Tallahassee, if I'm not mistaken. Where you can literally where, cross over into the other time yep. zone. Well, where is the McDonald's where if you're eating in the the dining room, you're in one time zone? And, and you then, can work in the in the other time zone. Have you heard I of that, Tom? I have no idea. I've not seen that. Yeah. No, I, the time zone pretty much splits down the Apalachicola River. Yeah. If you're If you're driving from here to Tallahassee, Say on Highway 20, when you go over the Apalachicola, you change time zones. Ah, 
See, so Tom, I, don't, I, I do know that uh, a lot of people use that to celebrate New Year's twice oh. because there are buses that will, you can go over to <laughs> okay. uh, Apalachicola and, and, and go have a New Year's party over there. You get on a bus and come back to Panama City Beach and have a New Year's party here because it's an hour apart. And now you're talking. 20 minutes yeah. apart. <laughs> I just think if you're a teenager, you can always use that as an excuse. If you end up late coming home, but, 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 but it was the time zone. I crossed <laughs> over the river. So am I the only one that, that is hearing something is beeping at us? I don't. I think I don't. it's, it's okay. only you, honey. Okay, it's only me. <laughs> yes. That's the, all right. The beeping in your eyes. That's okay. Only you. All right. <laughs> so five years from now, where does Hello Karen plan on being? Hello Karen plans on, honestly, I want to I take over WKGC. I want to be the, the <laughs> boss. I want to be running it. I, I love I, I'm, that. I'm, I'm not real sure about this now. Uh, <laughs> Tommy Hush. I'm going on record as saying this now, yes. And, and Karen is a mom and a grandma, too. Yes. yes. We've had a grandbaby named Clementine. I do. And four kids, right? Yes, I God do. God bless you. Yeah. Oh so, so what do your kids and grandkids think of, uh, of you being on the radio? They think it's really awesome. Well, if grandbaby thinks anything... It, that's pretty cool because she's yeah. pretty newborn, right? Yeah, she's four months. So, <laughs> but the other ones, yeah, they they think it's really cool. Yeah. They're super supportive. That's very cool. Yeah, well, they, you know, as long as she plays a song for them every now and then, it's very mm-hmm. cool. And they do. They give me requests. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of David Bowie. Really? Yes. Yeah. It's the for some reason it's not like the a little trend. ones. No, 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 not the little ones. Oh, but, you're twenty somethings. Yes, yes. Well, that's They're, interesting. That gives me hope. Definitely. <laughs> but my little ones, they like to listen to Michael Jackson. Wow. Yes, I get requests for Billie Jean all the time. That doesn't surprise me. But I, I'm back on the Bowie thing. I'm like, yay, good. 20-somethings like Bowie. Yeah. Well, then I have to ask you, what was your best concert? I've only been to two concerts. Okay, what, what were they? Uh, yeah, I know. One of them, I don't know if you would be familiar with, but Kilo Ali. Yeah. yeah. I went to his concert um, at Club La Vila a long time ago, back mm-hmm. in 1999. What was at one time the biggest nightclub in the, in the world. world. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah, MTV used to go there. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. a big deal. We used to have the owner on our show during the yeah. spring break. Wow. <laughs> and, and sadly, Club La Vila is one of the many things that did not survive Hurricane Michael. Right. No, it didn't, nice. sadly. And then I went to a concert um, for a rapper named Caskey. Mm-hmm. We went and saw him in Jacksonville, I do believe. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty intimate setting. It was really awesome. Wow. I had a lot of fun. That's cool. But I plan to go to more. Good. You got a lot of living to do. Right? Yes. Oh, I, just I may have it. mentioned my best concert weekend ever was roughly 1972. And on a Sunday night, I saw Elvis for the first time. This is still when he was... Uh, Thin, sounding great, cared yeah. about the songs. The very next night, the Rolling Stones with Stevie Wonder as their opening act. Wow. And I figured, okay, that's it. I don't need to see anything else. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm done. That was good. That would be amazing. Do you remember what you paid to see Elvis? Probably. I want to say it was something of... <laughs> 15 bucks? Yeah. Yeah, 15, 20 bucks, wow. something like that. I Now, this is really going to age me. Somewhere in my archives, I still have the $5 ticket from when I saw the Beatles at Comiskey Park in Chicago. Oh, my goodness. Five bucks. Five dollars. When I find that, it's going on eBay because somebody (laughs) wants that in their collection for sure. 
man. And now that imagine how much it would be. I mean, oh tickets are insane. Oh, well, well Springsteen. Springsteen is playing Wrigley Field this summer, and they've just announced a second show. And his tickets are going from $1,000 is the norm. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. That's just nuts. Did you yeah. see how much Taylor Swift tickets were going for at one point? Yeah. 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 But, you know, again, that resulted in, in hearings because all of that money wasn't going into her pocket. Yeah. And that's a problem. Hopefully they're going to fix that because um, I've got friends. Steve, one of our dear friends, is a new kids on the block fanatic. Mm-hmm. And she was on Facebook bemoaning the fact that she can't see them because she said, I have rent to pay. Yeah. Sure, it's too much. You know, that's yeah. really tragic. It is. Well, thank you for stopping by and visiting of us. Course. You're welcome to hang out with us. And what else is there to do on a Saturday night in the past? <laughs> and, and we said we wanted to uh, to introduce you to some people you should know. Yeah. Remember the name Hello Karen. You will be hearing a lot yes. from Hello Karen. And you can hear Hello Karen because her show streams Monday through Friday from 11 until 1, right? That's correct. And uh, they can even find the link on our uh, Facebook page because we have that up there. And thank you again for inviting us onto your show two times over the past few weeks. No problem. You're Thanks. always welcome to come join me on The Mix. Coming up, we will introduce you to someone else you should know, mm-hmm. so stay with us on WGN. We're introducing you to a couple people that uh, that you should know, and one of them is uh, a newscaster that we have been fans of for years. We've talked to her on the phone. This is the first time we've actually met her in person. She is the uh, primetime evening newscaster with Nexstar, yes, the same company that owns this very radio station, WMBB. And her name is Amy Hoyt. Amy, Hello. Thank you for joining us. It's great to be here. And what a wonderful small world because when Karen walked in and we said Karen is from WKGC, Amy said, that's where I started. That's right. Right? I did. And she went to high school with my daughter. <laughs> so it's full circle tonight. <laughs> and her, her significant other, his father, used to cut my hair. <laughs> so we had this interesting yes, that, conversation. That's a whole weird like, six what? degrees of who knows Welcome what. Welcome to small town USA, right, yeah. Amy? We might be related. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I just never know. Well, Amy, you, have, you celebrated an anniversary on Valentine's Day, as we did. We've been at WGN as a Valentine's Day for 38 years, wow. and you were... Celebrating WMBBs. Right. I've been there 29 years. 29 years. Time flies. Well, and, and I'm sure people have said to you before, well, did you ever want to just move out of, of, of the panhandle and, and go to New York or Chicago or whatever? You know, I never did. This was home. I, you know, I was born in New York and raised in Jersey. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Shout out to my family up there in New Jersey. Yeah. But um, then we moved here when I was sweet 16. I'm the youngest of four. So I've been here my whole entire oh my uh, adult life, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, this was home. My husband uh, flew helicopters in the Army for 10 years. So we did leave for a few years, had our daughters came back because we wanted to be home. Your husband recently retired as a pilot. He did, from Delta Airlines. Mm-hmm. Wow. I got him full time now. <laughs> and, it, and I told him off the air, but I, I will say this on the air. I hate the idea that there is a mandatory 65-year retirement. So does he. Yeah. <laughs> it makes no sense. But you know, it used to be 60. Yeah. Oh. And then I thought, I can't remember, he'll, he'll have to correct me if it went to 62, but they did raise it to 65. Mm-hmm. But, and they do pass a medical exam. They have right. to pass physical every year. So, mm-hmm. But 
you know, new generations coming up. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to back up for a couple of seconds because there is so many things. And, and we've got Amy's bio, but we've been watching her and listening to her for years since we've been coming down here. Uh, she has won all kinds of awards. Uh, she has uh, been involved in, in some major stories. But I don't want to embarrass you. But I was thinking of all the different ways to introduce you. And one of them that immediately jumped to my mind is a hero because of some of the incredibly heroic broadcasts you did during Hurricane Michael. We were following you. And, and for people who don't know, during Hurricane Michael, it was not only devastating to this area, but to the broadcast community. WMBB was knocked off the air. And I can remember watching videos of you guys using flashlights yeah. going through the studios and you immediately you segued to plan B, which involved social media, live uh, Facebook broadcasts. And that's when I first became aware of Nexstar and became very impressed with them. And I'm not saying this because WGN is owned by Nexstar. But they flew in people from all over right. the country to help you guys get up and running. But it was what the better part of a month before you were able to actually broadcast from your studio. It was a, it was a while. Um, they did. We do. We I say we next our owns 200 television stations and those reporters did volunteer. There was no way a small department could have covered a category five, mm -hmm. the aftermath. And so for months they came in and helped us and we had additional staff. And I got to tell you, they came in and they just worked. Mm -hmm. And we were able to provide that public service that we needed to, to the community, because as you know, we're still recovering. Oh, yeah. But that first year was just a nightmare. Was that to, to me, that, that was the definition of what a broadcast organization serving the community is all about. That's what we that's really why we're in this business is to provide information, important information, especially then. I've been through many storms, but that was the that was the worst was that the hardest story you've ever covered yeah absolutely because there, you you I, I would imagine there were times when you thought is it ever going to end am i ever going to be able to take a shower and be normal <laughs> right well something like that yeah i mean you you, you do want to take a shower <laughs> but you know everybody else was suffering yeah and we're a part of the community so you know we knew what they were going through mm -hmm. and so we, we did what we had to do we got it out there but there are a lot of the true heroes for the first responders mm -hmm. and the folks that uh the stepped up when it was over i mean they worked oh man they worked they're still working mm -hmm. but they worked so tirelessly but for all of the the stories about fake news trust me there are a lot of very dedicated people like amy and again i don't mean to embarrass you but you've done good it ain't bragging if you've done it and you've done it <laughs> well i appreciate it and you know local news is different than what you see on the yeah. national level too you yeah. know we're a part of the community it's, you know, what you see is what you get every mm -hmm. night. Well, people know. And they call us on it if it's not. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, so we can check it out. That leads me to a, a survey that came out just last Wednesday. Uh, Forbes did a big story on it. And it was depressing because it was asking people how, uh, how much trust they have in news. And it continues to go down except for local news right sure. yeah. it was the bright spot in the survey people said it went so far as to say that if it came to the point where they had to pay for their local news they would even do that wow and that's huge when you look at 63 percent of the people going no they're trying to change my mind they've got an agenda you know they're really got very little good to say about the national news uh, media and yet local news 
That was a bright spot. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> Doing something good. I like to keep going to work, so I'm glad it's still going yes. strong. <laughs> it is different uh, than the networks, obviously. Yes. What, what, was there a, a moment, a person, a time in your life when you said, I want to do that? Broadcasting? Yeah. When I started at WKGC. Um, I had started writing for the newspaper, and then um, the lady who handled the news at the time at WKGC said, her, it's funny, her husband ran the newspaper for the students, and she ran the college radio station. She kind of, she swayed me, and he it was like, you're stealing her. And I fell in love with broadcast, and I started in radio, so mm-hmm. I feel right at home with you guys. Right, right. And so, and then it just parlayed into television news somehow. When was the, the point when you realized, not only do I enjoy this, but I'm going to be able to do this and make a living at it. I guess when I was young, I mean, I, I started 19 at radio and 21 at the, I, I had the bragging rights. Now they're younger and younger, but the uh-huh. bragging rights at the time were I was the youngest weekend anchor. Mm-hmm. Like I started as the weekend anchor. But it's hard to raise a family when you're going to work these crazy hours. Like you can't have dinner with them. For example, if you get that great job being an evening afternoon, evening anchor, like, oh, well, kids, yeah, when you come home from school, mom's going to work. Right. Well, you know, my husband and I worked it out. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't have our children. We were married a few years while he was in the Army, and I did take time off. Mm-hmm. Um, I was off for a few years. Then we moved back to Panama City, and God bless my mom and my late dad. They were already retired, mm-hmm. and they were able to help. So that's how, because people say, well, how did you do this? Yeah. And I have to think. Uh, but we, Robert worked his schedule out. Maybe if I worked weekends, he'd be home on weekends. Mm -hmm. So we worked it out. And then God bless my parents for (laughs) stepping up. So my children love them, as you can imagine, immensely, because they spent many hours at their home. Did your world change when, because I know ours did, when people could suddenly get a hold of us through the Internet? Like, oh, I don't like that hair. Why are you wearing your hair that you need bangs? I'm like, these are not the important things. Why are you fixated on this it happens um i've been very lucky i'm going to knock on your table here knock on wood i have been very blessed um the complaints have been minimal uh-huh um maybe now as i get older people see things a little bit but i have been so lucky that i i can't even I say that all those, the negative stuff that you yeah. see the younger generation i feel more sorry for them yeah they're hearing it more and and i didn't have the internet right. for a good part of my career so maybe that's why i've been so lucky so knock on wood. Yeah. I, I, Steve, I know you're a big fan of Ginger Z as I am. Yeah. And I cannot believe, finally, she had to step out on the internet and say, stop it. The fact that I have bangs now is not the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. The I fact know. that there is a snowstorm coming to your town is way more important than that. Well, I love her because she seems to respond on her own. Yes. It's yeah. her, I know it's yes. her. I feel like it's her responding. That's she true. doesn't have someone doing it. Yes. Um, and so I, I thought it was funny. And she's always sweet when she responds. But you know, she's being yes. serious. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know our world changed when suddenly, and, and I've got to scream right in front of me, people can text you and or go on your Facebook page or whatever and, and share whatever their thoughts are. And sometimes you're just a little too bold when you're hiding behind that keyboard. You know? In fact, sometimes when Johnny responds to somebody, yes. oh boy, does their tone change. When the, Oops, you were paying attention. It's you? Oh, oh sorry. I, I didn't, didn't have to type back. So you use that mouth with your mother? Oh, I didn't know that was you. For some uh, reason, they don't think you're seeing it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so they're venting. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're talking with Amy Hoyt. Stay with this here on WGN. Yes, boys and girls, that's a special request going out for little Amy Hoyt. She wanted to hear some 
funky music on a Saturday night. It's a special dedication, Amy. Thank you, Andrew. That was a great choice. Well, now that I'm a grandmother, I appreciate it. The little Amy Hoyt more than you know. Oh, Amy Hoyt, um, now you your shift now is one thirty to ten thirty. One thirty, ten thirty five, technically, because the yeah. show goes uh, five minutes yeah. later. Yeah, and you get a dinner break, right? Allegedly, <laughs> everything's alleged. As long as news isn't breaking, yeah, of course. Yes. <laughs> when do you find out what the the big stories of the day? I mean, do you wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is you check the news to get a sense yeah, of, of what kind of day I'm it on, is? Yeah, of course. I get up and yeah. I'm on social media and watching yeah. the shows and the networks and just to check before I go in, check my emails. I, yeah. I can't wait till I get into the office. Yeah. 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 It would take too long. What I love about um, local media is every day the world is not coming to an end, thank goodness. So sometimes you get to find out what the high school team has done right. above and beyond what they did in basketball or baseball. Right, that's you, the best part. It yeah. is, yeah, because you get a real flavor of the community that way. Absolutely. And also, sports is huge down here. Oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yep. High school, and for good college, reason. Yeah, yeah, we love it. And yeah. we, we do as much as we can in the school system and with the young the youth Yeah, and uh, everything that's going on because, you know, breaking news is going to happen. So we do our right. best to get the rest on while we can. I remember last week we, we got to talk about the young man, Janarius, uh, uh, in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. actually, we were rooting that? for the Eagles because we <laughs> because thought, of him. Yeah, yeah, Bay County High School. Yep. Yeah, oh sure, everybody was excited. His mom had come into the station, uh, Sam Granville, our sports director, had interviewed her, and she was just so excited. It was so fun. Oh yeah. Yeah, Gosh. I know she's proud of him. You know, the whole county's pr- proud of him. <laughs> yes. That, there's something, that, and again, this sounds a little self-serving. But there's something that we notice on your newscasts that is the same as what we see on WGN television newscasts in Chicago. You're allowed to be yourself. You can, if there's a mistake or something, people laugh it off. Uh, It doesn't have to be robotic. You guys are allowed to be personalities. And that that makes a huge difference. And I think that's the beauty of being in the same market and being in your hometown and Mm -hmm. broadcasting. People know they really know us, mm-hmm. you know, even if they've never met us, they've been watching for so long, they, they feel like they know us. And a lot of times we do meet them. Just so what happens? Yeah, when you're in Publix and, and somebody, hey, me, <laughs> it's girl. Great. It's great. Well, I'm a talker, <laughs> so it's not a problem for me. Yeah. But sometimes my husband is like, you know, yeah. the kids are coming yeah. over in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny because people will recognize me. Um, oh, true story. Through your voice? From We laughing. were walking through, the, this was obviously long before Hurricane Michael. We're walking through the Panama City Mall, oh. and Johnny and I were talking. And I laughed. And this couple turns spun. around. They, they, they had, of course. They spun around and said, Steve and Johnny? And I said, yes. Oh, my gosh. They were here on vacation. It's amazing. And we, we had this encounter. It was really amazing because I said, how did you recognize? She said, well, when you laughed, I knew it was you because all I heard was your voice. That's what I hear on the radio. Mm-hmm. Again, that? that was before the internet. <laughs> oh, and I missed them all. Uh, <laughs> do you ever get tongue-tied in meeting a celebrity? Who's the, who's the, the one celebrity that you met? You went, hamana, 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 hamana. Oh, gosh. You know, I, I don't know. I've been... I don't, you know, I don't know. I, could, I couldn't tell you because I get nervous every time. I got nervous coming here tonight because you oh, guys are celebrities. No, and you know, and I think that's what keeps me grounded. That's why you have to. Is that I'm, yeah. I still get yes. butterflies yes. even after all these years. And I think that keeps me grounded. 
you know, I'm sure I've said a stupid thing or two <laughs> trying to introduce myself to somebody important. Uh, but, you know, and then once you get going, of course, it's relaxing. All right. We're all friends here. Have you ever had that goofy moment when you've said something on the air and you went, <clears throat> I just did the wrong word? Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I try to avoid that. Yeah. Yeah. Years ago with a different co-anchor, I had uh, a health story and the word was pedometer. It was a health department story about exercise. And I said, pedometer. <laughs> And my co-anchor literally <laughs> leaned in front of the camera and went, it's pedometer, Amy. And now everybody's hysterical. Well, they, the director's hysterical and the crew's hysterical, and I can't breathe from laughing. But they're, but they're so busy laughing, they didn't take me off camera. Oh, and of so course that, not. That became the blooper of my life, yes. Yeah. But it was such fun. Live television. You just you got to go with it, you know what I'm saying? Well, you, you had one of those, too. On a Sunday okay. morning show. I will just give you the sponsor's name, and you guess what happened. The sponsor was, it was a shoe store called The Shoe Fitters. And on a Sunday oh. morning when people are going to church, I'm reading the live copy and I call them the foo. Oh. Yeah. And there was that phrase like five or six more times in the commercial. And every time I got there, I was like, ah, ah, shoe, foo, foo. And to, to compound the injury, our morning man at that time, Wally Phillips, heard it, loved it. And replayed it just about oh, every day for oh, the next week. I was like, no. That was one of those. You know, you got to laugh, though. You got to laugh But it was at Sunday. It. They were going to oh. church. That's all I kept thinking. And I just swore at the kids in the backseat of the car going, Mommy, that's a bad word she just said. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> but those are the kind of things we live for. You know, those big breaking stories people don't remember. But, that's you know, right. The bloopers they yeah, do. Yeah, those moments. <laughs> Wait, you've never thought about leaving this market? You nope. just uh, this is home? Nope. nope. Yep, and this and is you're home. a happy camper. I'm happy camper. Yep, we wanted to raise our children with family, and so we yeah. wanted to stay here. That's how we made it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been married a long time. <laughs> how long have you been married? <laughs> um, it will be 44 years in June. God bless 1979, you. 1979, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Or is it 45? Oh, my goodness. 44. It's 45. 40- just say it out loud. Come on, Tom, out loud. 10, 11, I think 12, that's 45. No, 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 honey. No. Honey, where are you? That, that's why we all have other people do our taxes. It's, it's 44. Yeah. It is 44. Okay, somebody has math trying... skills in the background. <laughs> he was just trying to. You know, at you this up. point, what's well, here should... amongst friends? Right? I know. It's way past my bedtime, so you shouldn't ask me <laughs> stuff like that. I don't do math either, Tom. That's why I looked at you. <laughs> He's driving in the station on this side, and I'm like pinching him, like, wake up. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, this, uh, this April, it'll be 39 for us. Yes, uh, it will be. God so I like you. to say 40 years because we were dating uh, at another yeah, radio true. station up until that point. So, when we became the big promotion for the radio station. <laughs> I mean, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's different when you work together. Mm-hmm. How have you done so well in your life and your marriage? It's kept us when married. When you work together. Yeah? <laughs> yes. And when we stopped working full time, I think it was really difficult for management because they said, what, what's going to happen to them? <laughs> I said, well, goodbye. Don't worry. You're just a great team. But, yeah. But, well, thank you. But I think it really goes back to, why marry someone if you don't want to hang out with them? Yes, we're very fortunate. So, because we point. decided the very first year we got married that we would market ourselves as a team. And said, if they don't want me and they want you, then we'll say no, we'll walk. And so we got very lucky because my goal was to work at WGN by the time I was 40. And I got to start there by the, well before I was 30. So wow. that was a real nice thing. But then there was the one morning 
that we were about, uh, oh, four o'clock in the morning, and we were talking about something that, that I was having great popsicles and... Annoying uh, the heck out of me. In bed. Yes. And there okay, was... Okay, TMI. I know it's Saturday night. <laughs> I know. And, popsicles and there in was, bed. At that time, WGN was still owned by the Tribune Company. There was one of the big honchos from the Tribune who's driving in, heard that, immediately got to the Tribune Tower and got on the phone to our general manager saying... These people are talking about being in bed together. And he said, yeah, they're married. He said, no, you have to fire him right now. Because going back to the days of Colonel McCormick, there was some nepotism nepotism thing. And our general manager at that point smartly said, okay, you You fire them and you get the publicity for that. (laughs) You explain it to the audience. Nowadays, they would say, eat popsicles. Can you do anything racier than that on the radio? Come on, let's jazz it up a little bit. Eating popsicles. <laughs> well, I, I hate to ask this question, but if you looked into the crystal ball, do you hope to be traveling a lot more? I know you guys enjoy going to Disney. We do. We um, bought ourselves an RV. Did you? <laughs> I feel like, uh, what's Come to Chicago. I know. You yeah. know, that's the one city I, I have never been to that I want to see. Do you so guys have, have to, to come and there. hang out with us and see Johnny's Mickey Mouse Kitchen? <laughs> You have a Mickey Mouse kitchen? I do. This is why I like you. And I like you because you do all the Christmas trees. That's right. You know, I do the the year-round Christmas trees. We're related. But how many do you put up at Christmas? Seven? Seven. Seven One in every room. Yeah. I did, too. I did seven because I said I had six, and I said, but Amy has seven. So I I literally said, I'm putting up one more tree so I can tie it. that math thing again. We keep going back to it. I'm having trouble. You should see my checkbook. Oh, my gosh. That's why we have separate checkbooks. She rounds everything off to the next highest number. I actually want to know how much money I have. I always have money, and you don't because I go up, not down. So there. It has been such a pleasure visiting well, with thanks. you on the it's radio. Been so much fun! I appreciate you are an you absolute me. delight. I hope we can do this again sometime. We're lucky so. to have you. We really are so lucky Thank to you. have you on television and doing the appreciate news. Appreciate it. And we trust her because we trust our local news people. Yes, we do. <laughs> We're hanging. We're doing the best we can. We you appreciate are. you too. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm going to come and see you in Chicago. Do. Sometime. Yes. We We're going to sp- hold you to that. we got space in our driveway. You can park that sucker <laughs> in our driveway. <laughs> hey, honey, you hear that? I know he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Amy. Pleasure talking with you. More coming up. Stay with us. Uh, news is next. Wait a minute. I need to have the... Uh, where did I put it? I got it right here. You got it there? Uh, let me try saying news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Rolling Stones. Got a brand new car. Uh, and for, for people who are uh, were wondering... Are we live? Yes, we're live. We, we, this is not Memorex. We are really live. Uh, 312 said, OMG, please tell me you guys are live. Okay. Okay, we'll tell it. you we're live. We're not, we're live. but we'll tell you we're live. <laughs> Just because. But speaking of cars, this is the final weekend for the Chicago Auto Show at McCormick mm-hmm. Place. And this was uh, the first weekend in a while that the Chicago Auto Show has been a kind of return to normal Yes. At the Chicago Auto Show. The auto show has been going, uh, well, it goes back to the early 1900s. And uh, the last two years, well, the whole world was different. So this was a very big deal for them to throw up the doors at McCormick Place and uh, welcome the crowds back. And as we said earlier, buckle up because there's probably a snowstorm awaiting for you. Yep. Because it always happens the last weekend of the Chicago Auto Show. And one of the people that has been wandering around the Chicago Auto Show is uh, also the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. That's our friend Tom Appel. Hey, Tom, what's up? Hey, guys. Good evening. Good evening. 
So you you spent uh, some time hanging out at the the auto show and uh, uh, first off, what did you see that you fell in love with? You know what I really like is the silver and blue livery of the Corvette E-Ray. For people who don't know, that is the hybrid Corvette. And there's a bunch of firsts there, but it's it's the first hybrid Corvette. Um, they're not calling it hybrid because it's all about performance, not about fuel economy. But it's in a really great silver and blue livery. I think people would love to see that. What's the word you're using, silver and blue? Oh, livery, color set. Oh, I've never heard that word used for color set. It's used what? usually for racing. Oh, well, hello. Get back. That's Tom talking racing on the radio. <laughs> was was the auto show as um, as big as it's been in past years pre pandemic? It's pretty close. I think there's close to a thousand cars on the floor, and the nice thing wow. is it's expanded again to the North Hall as well. So you've got both halls, or about a million contiguous square feet of auto show. So, yeah, it's it's about as physically large as it's ever been. I came across um, some folks talking about uh, having been at the show over the past week, and some were complaining that there weren't enough concept cars, uh, because that was one of the things that, you know, we always look forward to finding out what was the concept car that was they were going to unveil, whether or not it ever became a reality. It's fun to see how these people's minds work. Did you find that there was a shortage of things like concept cars? There is a very weird phenomenon that has taken place as the sedan has sort of departed and the coupe have sort of just departed from the, the mainstream lineups of most manufacturers. We're seeing fewer and fewer concept cars because these would really be concept SUVs, and it's kind of hard to make those look cool and glamorous. So oh. we are, in fact, seeing future concept cars, and there are absolutely fewer of them at the auto show than there might normally be, or historically be, I should say. I think this is the new normal. Well, when you grew up, did you go to the auto show as a date? Was that a thing for you? Yeah, I started going in 76 or 77, and my dad and I went regularly together for a number of years after that. And, yeah, I, I, it, it's part of what shaped me becoming a sort of crazy car guy. <laughs> what, what was the first car at the auto show that you fell in love with? It's, this is The answer to this is completely silly because this car is meaningless, but it was covered with really cool stripes, and that was the Plymouth Fire Arrow. This was a vehicle that was built for Plymouth by Mitsubishi, but it was covered with red, orange, and black stripes, and, <laughs> you know, 7th, 8th grade me thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. I love the name of the car. They need to bring that back. A am I wrong, or, yeah. or was that somewhere, was that like late 70s? Yeah, yeah. It was, I was probably in seventh grade or sixth grade, and uh, it was a very sporty little compact coupe, uh, like along the lines of a Celica, something like that, mm. okay. uh, but, but just crazy sticker package. <laughs> See, uh, what I remember when I went to the auto show at that age was, wow, the women that they had there were fabulous. They had the best outfits and they had the best gigs in the whole world. I can't imagine any harder work than standing there and demonstrating the cars. <laughs> One of the ones that, I was always that there I, with my dad, so I wasn't sure it was cool to look at the girls. <laughs> <laughs> One of the cars that I remember, and I still have a Polaroid of this, because oh I would wander through the auto show with my uh, little Polaroid camera. Do you remember, <laughs> I believe this would have been in the probably mid to late 70s, the Pontiac Firebird had what essentially was a Firebird station wagon with this kind oh, yeah. of a, 
uh, sort of almost like a hearse top that had a, a big uh, two big windows. Oh, that's wrong. And and it was, uh, oh, I I think it was silver. Do you remember that one? I think it was silver. I cannot remember the name of that vehicle, but it showed up for a call. I think for a couple of auto shows in a row, and I believe it showed up at. Though Pontiac did not exactly sanction it, I think Pontiac showed it in its display booth. And and <laughs> oh, I remember it well. That made a lot of magazine covers for a while. Uh, during the commercial break, I'll look it up real quick and see if I can forget, remember who built that and what it was called. It just sounds awful. I'm sorry because it ta- was cool. You're talking to it a woman cool. who, whose cool. fantasy car was to have a Firebird, but I don't want something. Just, that, if you can imagine a I Firebird can't. station wagon, it no. was so cool. No, it's wrong. <laughs> we're talking cars with Tom Appel, and um, yes, we're talking about the Auto Show because it's the last weekend of the Chicago Auto Show. Stay with us. We got a lot of ground to cover. If you own a Hyundai or a Kia. And you are certainly aware of the big stories for the past few months about the theft of those vehicles. We've got some good news for you. Tom's been, he's ready to report on this. So stay with us right here on WGN. We're talking cars. We're talking the auto show. The publisher of Consumer Guide, Tom Appel, is joining us. And we're talking to you from Lynn Haven, Florida. A bunch of people have texted in at 312-981-7200. Where are you? Are you live? Are you in a remote studio? So questions, questions. Um, we're at a secret location. We are. <laughs> Actually, we're at a lovely location. And our thanks again to Tom Hoots for making this happen tonight. Because we're here until 2 o'clock in the morning. But don't tell Tom. Because he's supposed to be in bed an hour ago. Need a little coffee, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't bring enough. <laughs> <laughs> the other Tom is with us on the line, Tom Appel. Tom's used to staying up into the wee hours with us, right, Tom? Oh, yeah, yeah. I used to be up till 2 a.m. or so. And then driving home for an hour <laughs> in the middle was, of the I night. I was just mentioning to Jill about those days that, that it was called five-hour energy, but it was really good for like two and a quarter hours. <laughs> so <laughs> by hour well, three, I was dragging. <laughs> as, as I said, going into the break, some very big news for those folks who own a Hyundai or Kia and uh, again, the vehicles that have been targeted are not the brand new ones, right, Tom? Right. Yeah, what happened there, and people might remember the story from late last year, but viral videos, mostly on TikTok, showed people stealing with incredible ease certain Hyundai and Kia products that were built without push-button start. These were all late-model vehicles. The videos demonstrated just how super easy it was to steal these cars, and as a result of that, people started stealing those cars. Um, And Hyundai at first did not have an easy remedy for this, but they do now. So it is a free remedy. It is an electronic remedy. There will be no parts involved. Uh, And basically what's going to happen is Kia, Hyundai and Kia, excuse me, Hyundai and Kia dealers are going to update the software so that the car cannot be started unless the key was used, the original factory key, to open the door. Uh, pretty simple process. Seems like a smart and easy way to do this. No hardware involved. The process will be free. And if you have a car affected by this, look, it looks like the Elantras, the Sonatas, and the Venues, the software update is available now. You'll want to call your dealer or wait for contact from Hyundai. And then all the other vehicles involved will begin being serviced in June. Tom, let, let me ask you to be a little uh, a little more specific because some people are saying, oh, uh, Hyundais and, and, and Kias, and they're thinking all of them. So 
Again, which models and which years are impacted by this? It is a very broad range of years, and it depends on when the last generation of the product was made available, and it's through 2022, unfortunately. Um, so it, it, it's almost too big a list to read out loud, but well, it goes I think back as I, far as 2011 on some products. I thought you, you said in um, your blog post that the venues are the ones that are the most recent ones, the 20 to 21 uh, venues. Is that correct? The Hyundai venue, yeah. That's yes. a little... They're little, little crossover. Very nice vehicle. I'm going to ask a uh, probably a dumb question, but doesn't everybody use their original key that came with the car? They do, and that's what's going to be used now. The problem with the vehicles was that they were not built with, with any sort of, um, uh, we used to call them a, an embedded key or a passive diode key. And we all know how expensive it is to make a car key now, and that's because this diode is in there. And the car would look for the key, the key would respond to the car, and then you could start the car. For whatever reason, Hyundai Kia chose not to do that with some of their cars, and those were the cars that were built recently without push-button start. And, and when, when the bad guys found out about that, it, that everything broke, broke bad. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Ron Brown is in our newsroom, and uh, Ron, I, I can recall the, the day after your car was, it was stolen, right? It was vandalized. Right out in front of the house. It was, yeah, vandalized, broke at the window, got in and drove my car away like they had a key, because basically they did. They had a uh, yeah. USB port and just started it up and drove it away and crashed it. And, wow. and it, it didn't take more than about 30 seconds for them to do it, did it? No, we had it all on video. We had a ring uh, uh, video oh recording of that. They got in and uh, drove it away. Well, we heard you telling that story the day after it happened. You were on with John Williams. So it was crashed. I mean, there was no way to save it? No, uh, no. We, we brought it to the uh, to the mechanic, and they said uh, it was totaled. Uh, they had uh, d- done something to the rear axle or the uh, or the frame, and it just was not cost effective. So uh, I got another car. I didn't get another Hyundai. <laughs> so well, I understand that some insurance companies over the past few months had decided yeah. that they were no longer going to be covering these vehicles. In fact, Tom, didn't didn't you write about that in the, on your blog? Yeah, a number of um, a number of insurance companies have chosen not to renew policies on mm. the affected vehicles. So the big question now is: Will will the insurance companies determine that this particular fix does indeed fix the, the situation, and will they begin to again cover these same vehicles? Now you're talking about a software fix, but isn't there also a hardware fix that's available at a cost to the car owner? Yeah, there was a hardware fix, and it, I think it was basically protecting the um, the collar around the steering column to, to protect it from being shattered. But it was like a $500 fix, which seems like a very unnecessary burden to put on the victims yeah. people who bought cars that they thought were safe. Um, and people who want to be extra, extra careful might still want to pay for that. But hopefully the software update, which is free, uh, will take care of everything. Wasn't it in Milwaukee where they were offering low jacks if you had a Hyundai? The, the, I think it was the police department that was offering the low jacks. You know? and I, I think some of the northern Chicago suburbs, suburbs were, were doing, doing that, that, too. Yeah, there were markets. And, and for whatever reason, Milwaukee was one of them where there was mm-hmm. an excessive number, even above the increase nationally of just regular thefts of Hyundais and Kias. But they were particularly bad in Milwaukee. And Hyundai chose to provide... Um, local municipalities with low jack-like device, not low jack, I'm sorry, um, um, 
what's that thing called? <laughs> the club? The, the club. club. Yeah, the yeah. club. I'm yeah. sorry. I used the term. Devices. Like I'm not sure they were club brand devices, yeah. uh, but they, they allowed the police to distribute those. Mm-hmm. So for people who are listening right now and they're saying, what? You mean there's some hope for us? They can go to HyundaiAntiTheft.com. But I also understand you to say that the manufacturer is going to be reaching out to these people and they should be getting some information about a software update and all of this should be happening over the next few months, correct? Yeah, this should function very much like a recall, which means that you should get notification from the manufacturer that this is available to you. Uh, and once you have that, you can just schedule an appointment with the dealer. Although I suspect there's no reason to wait. If your vehicle is ready, I think you can call a dealer and probably just get on the waiting list. Hmm. And, and again, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but anyone who would be thinking of buying a new, a 23 Hyundai or Kia product, those would not be impacted by this at all. Am I correct on that? That's correct. Yeah, they fixed everything for 2023, and actually most of them in 2022. It was just a rolling model year fix. So, yeah, if you buy one new off the lot, no problem. But it it still begs the question of what bean counter said, okay, let's not put this in. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. It's a thing that we're so used to knowing about. And, in fact, we all have stories about having to get a key, a key replaced and paying between 80 mm-hmm. and 180 bucks to do that because the system is engaged, is involved in that process. And then to find out that there are, in fact, cars that do not have an embedded diode or any sort of shift interlock protection, that's, yeah, a bean counter made a very, very bad decision. Hmm. And, and and I wonder uh, if this is a uh, an easy fix, how that's going to affect the uh, class action lawsuit against Hyundai uh, by the owners of these cars who had their cars stolen and damaged. Uh, is that isn't that going to work in their favor? Saying, "See, you could have done this before, and you didn't." Oh, that's a very good point, yeah. Ron. That's a yeah. great point. That's a great point. Huh. I'm not we a part of the lawsuit, but I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. At some point, we should get some lawyer on and, and raise the question. Sure. Sure. Because basically you're admitting your guilt by saying here's Mm -hmm. a fix for a problem that we were aware of and it just kind of took us some time to come around to fixing it for you. And and full disclosure, uh, this is one of those things that just has me shaking my heads because overall I'm a fan of Hyundai. I think they build terrific products. Mm -hmm. I don't get how this thing slipped through the cracks. And somebody who said, yeah, let's let this slip through the cracks should be fired. Yeah, it's a great point. And it's interesting, too, that there were still vehicles that, that were using a regular key ignition, which is a thing that's fading fast from, from availability. But, yeah, they were definitely trying to hit a price point down low. And, and that's a weird thing about Hyundai, too. They've been moving up market without giving up their position at the low end of the market. And that's probably part of what drove this. Was there any talk about this? We've been talking about the Chicago Auto Show. Was there any talk about this from any representatives of Hyundai or Kia at the auto show? No, they weren't commenting there uh, on this. They had a bunch of other stuff they were talking about. So, yeah, mom was the word on that. But this is really news news on the subject. And uh, Tom has a, a, a great blog with some link information for you at his website at Consumer Guide. So you want to read that. And if you're listening and saying, 
okay, I think this is me. You can get more details by, by checking out some of the specifics in the blog post about Hyundai. And again, if you came in at the end of this conversation, it'll all be podcast and uh, we'll right. let you know when that's available. We've got more coming up. Stay with us at WGN. So uh, we're talking with Tom Appel, the uh, publisher of Consumer Guide. Uh, Tom, did they have any airmobiles at the uh, <laughs> at the auto show this year? Because uh, believe it or not, I've seen some videos. Apparently, some companies are actually trying to come out with those things. <laughs> there, there, it seems like every major manufacturer is working on some sort of hovercraft style <laughs> drone based vehicle, um, and stock stock. Holders seem to like that. I don't think we're ever going to see anything like that in the U.S. because we can't control traffic in two dimensions. Amen. All the countries, including like Saudi Arabia and the Middle East, where they could probably sell these things for a lot of money. (laughs) I'm doing a little bit of a segue here, but did you happen to see there's an extraordinary video just popped up this past week on YouTube of this guy and he has this jetpack on. And all of a sudden, fire is coming out of the jetpack. And nothing happens, and you think, oh, is he just going to set himself on fire? But then after about uh, 10 seconds, he takes off, and he's hovering around, and he's actually able to bounce from post to post. No, he's not over water either. He's over concrete, which I think is insane. Yeah. With fire at your feet, flying over concrete. It was like a rocket man kind of a thing. It's really cool. But I digress. I have not seen that video. Although, to, to Johnny's point, I think when we see stuff like that, it is almost always over water. Yes. In fact, you can, you, you, can go out, you can go to Mexico and you can say, yes, put some rockets on my feet and let me go over water because I'm so drunk. I don't know any better. But, but this was actually over land. It looked like it was almost over like a football field because yes. you could see as the guy was hovering you would see the grass kind of being the blowing uh, around under him. Yes. Yes. Which is very weird. What are you driving these days, Tom? Oh, funny. You should ask because I'm driving something ultimately a little silly, though. Very, very functional. I'm driving the uh, Dodge Ram 2500 in rebel form. Rebel is a, uh, uh, an off roady version Mm -hmm. that debuted on the 1500, which is the more car-like pickup, the half-ton pickup. This is the three-quarter ton version, but it has the (laughs) Rebel trim, and I'm kind of enjoying it, but the step up is heck. Well, what kind of reactions do you get in traffic? Because I imagine it's one of two things. Either people hate you because they think you actually own this thing, or they think you're really cool and they'd like to pull up at stoplights and give you a thumbs up. I think those are the two reactions, and yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit of a silly thing to own in the Chicago summer. Yes, uh, yes. It, it's hard to park. I find myself at the back of parking lots everywhere, but but that side is actually quite livable. And I'm driving a. Uh, this is equipped with the Cummins, the legendary Cummins diesel engine, and oh. despite its mass and despite its power, I'm getting like 15 miles per gallon. Oh wow! Which is actually not horrible for that kind of a, no. a vehicle. Well, speaking no, not of at per all. gallon. I was shocked as we were coming into the studio tonight. The gas stations that we passed for regular gasoline was two eighty seven, two ninety three. I thought, wow, it's been so long since we've seen the number two up there. It was pretty impressive. It is refreshing. Well, th- this is the as we mentioned at the outset. This is the final weekend for the Chicago Auto Show. So, for someone planning a visit to the auto show, what is a a must? look at list 
Well, if you can get there soon enough, you want to make sure you have time to hit the test tracks. And uh, three interesting things about the test tracks. You've got the, uh, uh, the Jeep test track, which is a crazy roller coaster ride. You've got the Ram Country one, which involves the Ram pickups similarly. But the really interesting one to me is the one at Hyundai where they have Hyundai Ionic 5s. So that's the Hyundai electric vehicle buzzing around, mm-hmm. and they make no noise. It's uh it's eerie and it's cool, and it sort of demonstrates the nature of electric vehicles very, I think, very effectively. But don't don't they have to still have some kind of a sound? A, a sound? Wasn't there something that they worked out with the uh, uh, the blind federation for people who are who are blind and they, and they don't hear a vehicle? They need to have some kind of some whining or whining or beeping sound. or something as they get to a, a corner. Yeah, yeah, and you hear that, too, on hybrid vehicles that are operating in electric vehicle-only mode. And I believe at this point that compliance is voluntary, though I believe most manufacturers are doing something like that. I don't think there was ever a federally standardized um, rule for that. So right now we're, we're hearing a bunch of different noises. Some of them are customizable, by the way. Um, but, but, yes, I think in most cases, I think that in the, in the context of the auto show, they probably turn those off. You just reminded me of a, a guy, we had a gorgeous, it was like a, a, a perfect spring-like day the other day. It was 76 degrees, it was sunny, and this guy is tooling through the parking lot, and he was on his his uh, Harley, a ginormous Harley, and he was just blasting foreigner. But all of a sudden, I hear Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice. He had his GPS in Arnold's voice. <laughs> it was just so weird to hear Arnold, turn left, turn left. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? You went from cool to kind of weird, just plain weird all of a sudden. <laughs> and speaking of weird, talking about the Jeep trust, uh, uh, test track, that reminded me when I was covering the auto show, the year that I went on the test track with, are you sitting down, Tom Appel? I'm ready. Ricardo Montalban. Oh, yes. Can you yes. imagine? I'm awesome. squealing and screaming. I'm wearing an evening gown, and Ricardo Montalban wearing enormous amount of makeup, more than I've ever worn. I'm sitting next to me in this Jeep, and we're, we're like off-roading on this, this test track thing. I forgot all about that, and I think somewhere in our archives we have pictures and maybe even a little audio. It was one of those moments. Because he stayed stayed in Ricardo Montalban cool character the whole time, and I lost it. I mean, I was just like, I'm going to die on this with Ricardo Montalban. (laughs) So was was he dressed in a tuxedo, or was he dressed in a refugee? No, he was not. He was, he, he was doing the Mr. Rourke look. Okay. Was, okay. He didn't I'm have a white suit. No, he actually had a tuxedo on. <laughs> but I remember remember I said to you, I ran over to you and I said, Steve, I'm supposed to talk to him. I'm very distracted by him. Well, I, I, I remember seeing him and I couldn't believe the amount of makeup he had on. God bless him. He looked fabulous, though. He really did. He looked marvelous. Well, again, for people going to the auto show, uh, we've heard a lot about the new vehicles that are mega bucks. Is there anything reasonably priced that people should absolutely take a look at? We're talking about under 40,000. Yeah. 
Yeah, if you, if you are thinking about driving something electric and you've been dissuaded by the high price of electric vehicles and the transaction prices have been high, and obviously the retail prices themselves on electric vehicles are a little higher than I think most people would like, Chevy has um, a pair of electric vehicles that it's bringing out this year um, that are to start under thirty and $40,000, and that is the Chevy Equinox EV and the Chevy Blazer EV, and both of them are pretty great looking, too. Hmm. That's impressive. I wonder if yeah. we're going to have any problem getting stock because, as we've talked before, just finding vehicles yeah. has been pretty hard. And, and, and that's was a big there question mark? Yeah. Was there any buzz about uh, chip availability for new vehicles? Not at the auto show, but there's been a lot of news during the auto show about that, and sadly. Very sadly, Honda had issued guidance about sales numbers projected for 2023 and has since gone back on those numbers and will issue new guidance because they expect to run into more microchip and supply chain issues, which is really bad news. It is. It's really too bad. We're talking with, excuse me, we're talking with Tom Appel about the Chicago Auto Show. There's a couple more days of the Auto Show. You have President's Day, a holiday on Monday. The kids are out of school. If you don't like kids, don't go to the auto show on Monday. Go on Sunday because it's a very big deal. It's almost like a rite of passage. We're going to come back. And, Tom, let's talk for a few minutes about um, Consumer Guide's report on the the best-selling vehicles from this past year. And maybe some of the ones that should have sold a little bit better. We've got a lot of ground to cover with Tom Appel, so stay with us on WGN. Springsteen and Pink Cadillac. And by the way... That's Pank. Pank? Pank Cadillac. Pank Cadillac. (laughs) They have just announced a second Bruce Springsteen show at Wrigley Field. Mm -hmm. Ticket prices are just through the roof. Do I pay the rent, pay the car payment, or do I go see Springsteen? Do I pay my next year's taxes? (laughs) Really? Do I go see Springsteen? We're talking with Tom Appel. He's publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive and is kind enough to join us on a regular basis. Tom, let's take a few minutes, but before we talk about cars that were the hot ones last year... An 847 area code texts and says, does Tom know whether the new Dodge Ram electric pickup truck has an adjustable length on the bed by the, the push of a button? Well, that's a cool That's feature. a great question. The concept car, the concept truck did, the real truck doesn't appear to. We don't know anything about the real truck yet except that we saw it during the Super Bowl. Uh, mm-hmm. It's now going to be called the REV or Ram electric vehicle. So it's the Ram REV. Don't worry about the redundancy of RAM there, um, because RAM won't. But we don't know much about the actual vehicle. But it looks like because of it has a divided cabin bed that it's not going to have an extended bed. But the concept actually is a push of a button, the bed would extend? Yes. Yeah, that was That's something the awesome. car had. But that would be very expensive to employ on, a, on an actual yeah. production vehicle. I was impressed with, I can't recall which pickup truck it was, but it had something like a fold-down step that it would allow you to... That was uh, one of the Chevys. Uh, Which one was it, Tom? Um, Where you could step up uh, into the bag. I know Ford does it on its F-250 and F-350. Does Chevy do that as well? Or or was it one of the the GMC Denali's, I think? Oh, where you can step up in it? Very cool. Yeah, I I think so. All right, Tom, before we run out of time, the the best-selling vehicles from 2022, we're only, you know, almost month three into the new year, but looking back on the past year, what were the hot ones? Yeah, I'm going to no, guess is, the Camry. The is specifically the sedans, the cars, not the trucks, oh, not the crossovers. okay. Yeah. 
So Camry would so, be number one then, hands down, right? What's that? Is Camry number one? It, it is still, and it's actually generating some very serious numbers, almost 300,000 units. The Camry used to break 400,000 units, but then the RAV4, which is their compact crossover, kind of took over for them. But part mm-hmm. of the thing that drove Camry sales last year, and we were just talking about this, was Honda had such a hard time building vehicles that they weren't out to crank out that many Accords. And it seems logical that if you can't get an Accord, you might drive to that Toyota lot. Hmm. Okay. Other ones that were hot from uh, the past year, in, in case people are looking for a, a viable used car, would it be considered used uh, this early in 23 if it's a 22 vehicle? Might be. It would be It would be interesting to know how many people actually turn cars around that quickly. Not yeah. a lot of leasing happening either, so people are probably going to be holding on to their vehicles a little bit longer That's now. That's true. There's not a lot of leasing going on, but that's a subject for another show. So what were the other ones that were best-selling sedans from the past year? Yeah, so number two is the Corolla, came in with 222,000 units, still still Mm. very popular. But that's a car with an excellent name. I think people uh, think Corolla, and they just think reliable and affordable, and that car has its own momentum. And then number three was the Tesla Model 3, the most affordable Tesla model. Really? Number three? Wow. Yeah, about 200,000 units. Hmm. And and that's not all that affordable, so that's actually some pretty serious uh, sales numbers, given the price. Did that surprise you? Oh, a little bit. This car is fantastically popular in other markets, the Model 3 and then the Model Y, which is their small crossover, incredibly Mm -hmm. successful and popular in China, and they're the best-selling vehicles here. And they're really the only two Tesla models that still sell in volume. The old big cars, the S, which was the big sedan, and the X, which was the big crossover, they hardly sell any of those anymore. So for all of Tesla's sales success, it rides on the back of just two cars. Wow. Interesting. Were there some vehicles that you look back on the past year and you say, doggone it, why didn't that do better than it did in in sales numbers? We still talk about this. This is sort of inside baseball because no one remembers this car. But Suzuki's last gasp in the U.S. was the Suzuki Kazashi. It was kind of a Suzuki take on the Volkswagen Jetta. And it was sporty, and it was good-looking, and it was fun to drive. And they could not give them away. It It was just a terrible shame. One more time, what was the name of the, the Suzuki? Suzuki Kazashi? Kazashi, yeah. And yeah, you remember it about as well as everyone else. <laughs> God bless you. That's what I want to say when I hear it. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> how many companies are still making sedans these days? Well, not many. And, and someone had pointed out somewhat snarkily on, in the comment section of this article that I should be talking about American cars, but there are no American sedans left, certainly what? non-luxury. Cadillac still makes two, the CT4 and the CT5. But after that, you're, you're hard-pressed to name an American sedan. Where would the Chrysler 300 fit? The Chrysler 300 is still being built. Um, they haven't built a lot of those, and it's being discontinued after this year. Oh, wow. And there's the Dodge Charger, too, if we're thinking about those large rear-drive right. Chryslers. Right. Yep. Hmm. So I'm thinking everything is SUV. Remember the days of minivan when 
and the minivan was taking over yeah. the world. And it didn't take, well, it, it maybe it did take some time, but it seemed like all of a sudden SUVs were taking the place of the minivan. And now it appears that the three-row SUV is the thing that we're going to be seeing a lot of. Not necessarily stretching the vehicle. Isn't that right, Tom? Just wedging another row of seats in the vehicle. It is, yeah. For whatever reason, customers see the value of having a third row, even if it isn't an especially practical third row. Mm-hmm. So you have relatively small vehicles sometimes that have a third row. The, the Mitsubishi Outlander, for example, is an interesting car. It's compact. It's too small to have a third row, but it, it argues that it has one. And, and to some customers, they're going to think, well, in an emergency, I can get I don't know, my wife or daughter back there. (laughs) No, no, no. In any family, when there's more than two children, you know that there's one that's not your favorite. So that one gets the third row. Because I'm, I'm... Whenever we road test cars, I say, no, don't make me crawl back there. No, because invariably I'm going to hurt myself getting back there. So it, adults and, don't And we do used that. to try doing it. And yes. over the past several years, we said, no, no. we'll just tell you there's one there yes. and, and no, wave it, at it. It's different if it's a stretched, a big honking SUV right. with legitimately three rows of seats. But more and more, as we say, this is the thing that you're going to be seeing a lot of. The vehicle is not stretched, but now we've got to wedge in. Of course, now you've got to strap your su- suitcase on top of the vehicle because there's no place for your luggage but that's another story well let me segue just a little bit uh only a few people making sedans how many are still making coupes obviously ford still has the mustang uh but how many uh, companies are still making coupes in terms of coupe versions of sedans there are no american examples of that anymore um BMW still does the 4 Series, which is based on the 3 Series, and Mercedes-Benz does do a coupe version of its C and E-class vehicles. So there are examples, but they're extraordinarily expensive. But there's nothing like a Malibu coupe anymore yeah. um, or anything, or a Torino coupe, for example. Yeah, the, the midsize coupe is basically dead. Now, there's little sporty coupes uh, still around, but those are also actually not selling very well anymore. Hmm. All right, here's a question for you. Do you see the day, since post office apparently is going to go electric, do you see the day that police departments will go electric? Yeah, electric makes a whole bunch of sense for police. And actually, we know this because Ford sells what they call their pursuit vehicle, which is really just a Ford Explorer built for the police, but they don't brand it that way. And they have hybrid versions with very large batteries that can idle for extended periods of time while heating the vehicle and running things like the computer in the car and stuff like that. So it's a really good application for cops who often park and observe for long periods of time without Mm -hmm. using the motor. Also, it's... Long term, it's probably going to work well for police departments in terms of resale value and fuel costs. Hmm. Pursuit. That's a perfect name. Mm-hmm. It's a good name. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, well uh, b- before we uh, we wrap up uh, paying attention to the final weekend of the Chicago Auto Show, I have to ask you the most important auto show question. Do they oh, still have right. the fudge from Mackinac Island? I asked that question, and I've asked that question of the two people running the auto show, Dave Sloan and Jennifer Morand, who are the, are the co-producers of the auto show, and they sent me their regrets, but no, Riba <gasps> or Reba Fudge, not there this year. What? what? Yeah. I mean, I mean, a chip shortage is one thing, but no, no Mackinac fudge? Island fudge? fudge? I'm sorry. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm heartbroken, I, frankly. When you're walking miles in the auto show, you need that to power yeah. you. Who cares about 
You need a Calories. little sugar buzz. Yes. Uh, we should tell you that the auto show closes at 10 o'clock tomorrow night, Monday being the last day, a holiday. It closes at 8 o'clock, opens at 10 on both of those days, the final two days of the Chicago Auto Show. Have you, Are you done with it for this year, Tom? I am done, yeah. I, I wanted to go back another time. I just didn't make that work. So I'm, I'm looking forward to next year already. All right. And before we let you go, a blatant plug, if anybody wants to uh, to follow you and if they specifically want to read about uh, some of the auto show coverage we've been talking about, uh, where do they go? What do they do? Yeah, just go to consumerguide.com and click on the blog, and that's where all the auto show coverage is. And then we talk about the auto show on the podcast, which is coming up Tuesday morning. So there you have it. Awesome. And if they want to follow you on Twitter? I am Car Guy Tom. Thank you for asking. Car <laughs> underscore guy underscore Tom on Twitter. Thank you, Car Guy Tom. <laughs> As always, a pleasure talking you. to you. And uh, coming up next, we're going to introduce you to uh, someone you should know. Uh, the man's name is Crook Stewart. He has some fascinating stories, and we're going to talk about David Crosby and a whole lot more. The news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. One of the saddest stories in the music industry recently was the death of David Crosby. And we wanted to spend a little time talking about David Crosby. And to that end, a gentleman that we have been a fan of for many, many years has been nice enough to join us. We would like to introduce you to Crook Stewart. Crook has been the uh, tour manager for Crosby, Stills, Nash, former road manager for the Rolling Stones, former tour manager for Jackson Brown and Joan Baez. It's a shame you don't have any big names on your resume, Crook. Uh, I'm wow. trying. Uh, it's not too late. But. <laughs> you know, I looked at the calendar, and it was one month ago today right. that Cross passed away. Yeah. Oh, we've lost so many people this year. We have it's just some great musicians. Yeah, it's mind-boggling. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you were not just his manager. You guys are friends. Um, as much as... Uh, bosses that you work for can be your friend i guess mm -hmm. i would say so i i try to keep a professional distance mm -hmm. from all the artists that i work with because if your job lasts longer that way what does it mean to be a tour manager um well a lot of hard work <laughs> yeah it's a lot it's a lot of work but it's a lot of logistics and stuff like that yeah. just keeping everything organized and so arranging things when you are the tour manager for example you were with joan baez for right. 19 years 20 20 I've, years I've, i went back out That's with right. her a few years ago yeah. to complete my 20th year so you get a list of the tour dates right and then it's up to you then to pretty much i take over from there um occasionally i'll get a call from management saying you know, can you make a a thousand mile drive overnight, you know, to wow. the next show or something like that? And I'll look at the routing and go, no, we can't do that or whatever. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, uh, I get involved once the dates are actually booked and then I take over and do all the logistics and we book flights and hotels and buses and crew and everything else. Oh my gosh. Do you have like a team that works with you to make that happen? Usually I have a production manager and so they, they handle all the, um, gear, you mm -hmm. know, and uh, supervise the crew. So I don't actually physically 
do the setup and tear down or anything like that. But. It still boggles my mind, though, all the things that you are responsible for oh, to make it happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's funny because uh, I I did a, a seminar one time at Full Sail and made a list. And I was like, wow, I really do a lot of stuff. But <laughs> if you've do, done it for a while, it just becomes second yeah. nature. So it doesn't seem like it's that well, much. Would it be an oversimplification but accurate to say that the uh, the primary function of the tour manager is to make sure that the artist doesn't have to worry? Yes. that All that the artist and the band should have to do is worry about putting on a great show. Mm-hmm. So walk out on the stage. Right. Everything else is taken care of. Absolutely. So how long were you working with Cross, David Crosby? I started working with those guys in 2008. Mm-hmm. So you were with Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Right. And uh, Cross and I got close right off the bat because uh, on a normal Crosby, Stills, and Nash tour, all of the principals, which would have been David and Graham and Stephen, have a road manager or, you know, oh. uh, a personal assistant, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and what ended up happening was uh, Crosby's backed out at the last minute. So I had to tour manage and be his guy. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, um, I would say if there was a person with CSN to get close to, and make sure you know you were on his side. He was the guy. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Does your job? Well, did it and does it require you to see to it that all of the things that the talent wants in their dressing room is there? Oh yes. Really? Catering. Yeah. It depends on the tour. You know, some tours the production manager is responsible for catering. Uh-huh. Other tours, it's the tour manager. So, uh, yeah. I would uh that in itself is kind yeah. of an overwhelming thing. You know, they want particular things and buddy, right. we may not be in season, but Actually, you gotta find it. With CSN, uh my counterpart the production manager a guy named mason wilkinson he actually did the catering for those wow but you know uh the you know who's ever responsible for the the artist would you know you do things like run to the drugstore and pick yeah. up prescriptions and oh, golly you know get my rolex fixed or something like that wow wow <laughs> that reminds me of i the, the closest thing i ever came to anything like this was i was uh, working in the stage crew at the university of tennessee and there was this up-and-coming guy coming to town, Barry Manilow. And they said to me, you're going to have to get him everything he wants in his dressing room. Oh, right. And this was in Tennessee. And he was act- asking for the fruits that we'd never seen before. <laughs> Literally, we're like, where do I go to find these things? Yeah, he's still out on tour, you know. <laughs> I have was, a friend out doing video on that, really? on that tour right really? now. Yeah. God bless him. That was in 75. I know. Yeah, 74, 75. And, and I still go back to, you, you've probably seen this, the, the list of demands for the Beatles when they played Indianapolis in the early 60s. It was something like, if we could have a clean dressing room and some Cokes. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> okay. They weren't, they weren't very needy. Yeah. They didn't need a particular Things have changed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, they, and I was mentioning to Johnny earlier tonight, I still have somewhere in our archives the $5 ticket stub from when I saw the Beatles at Comiskey Park right. in the mid-60s. And now we're looking at Springsteen playing yeah. Wrigley Field for an average of about 1000 bucks per yeah, ticket. It's, what? it's crazy. Yeah. It really That's is. That's just nuts. I just read where there's a group, I don't remember the name of the band, but uh, they had a U.S. tour plan, and they just pulled out because they couldn't afford to go out on tour. <gasps> they couldn't afford it? That's correct. I mean, it, it's expensive to tour. I mean, for think sure. about, you know, you're paying diesel for, you know, however large the tour is, yeah. but even mm-hmm. if you've got a one-bus tour, you can put over $1,000 into a tank, you know, on a bus wow. easily these days. Wow. And so if you have trucks and buses... 
Uh, all the flights are more expensive. It seems like since uh, COVID, all the hotels are trying to make up the money that they've lost, so they've raised their rates. So yeah. it, it all goes up, and it just costs more money to tour. It doesn't cost that much, though. <laughs> <laughs> did, did COVID change your job? Um, well, it, it put me out of a job for almost two years, mm-hmm. uh, and it actually put an end to Crosby's career, you know, because uh, he couldn't last through it. I mean, he was really looking forward. He should, should have been playing a show at the Libero Theater in mm-hmm. Santa Barbara uh, on the 22nd. Of this month. Yes. Yeah. Th- I don't want to make more of this than it is, and obviously I was just a fan from a distance. My perception of him was that, sadly, this was a very creative time in his life. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's he turned out so many records in the, just the last you know five or six years. Yeah. It's incredible, and he still has a, a lighthouse record, you know, that's ready to be released. Mm. I think they they were actually in discussions for the artwork for the cover when he passed away. Wow! But it's an amazing record. And I mean, he did some of his best work. Did you go to the studio with him too when he I was? Didn't. Okay. No, only well, the tours. <laughs> yeah, you had enough going on, right? <laughs> We're talking with Crook Stewart. Uh, Crook is a local guy, and we've wanted to meet him forever and talk to him <laughs> about his career as a tour manager. He's got some stories, so we're gonna force, we're gonna lock the doors and make him tell us some stories here on but the But he radio. also has some non-disclosure agreements, That's so true. there's only yes. so many stories that will make it. So stay with us here on WGN. <laughs> Those harmonies were just magical, Crook. They really were. Wow. What What was it about that combination? I mean, there are tons and tons of vocal groups. That was just special. It really was, um, and you know the the. The duo of Graham and David together was really special as well. And uh, we used to go out as Crosby Nash sometimes, and mm-hmm. that was some of the most fun tours we've ever had. Mm. The interesting thing is we asked Crook Stewart to choose a couple of songs for us to play tonight. And that song, I, I could tell that that resonates with you. you yeah, really, absolutely. It makes you feel good yeah. when you hear it because yep. it's hard to sit still, right? It is. Yeah. Is there a memory or something? that? No, no. I just, you know, just really uh, I mean, it. It, I remember looking at our teleprompter computer one time because not all the guys could remember all the lyrics. And uh, oh, don't tell me that there were, I think, 900 files. So between wow. the three of those guys and oh my gosh, in combination, yeah. you know, they they had a lot of. A lot of material. No, second thought, yeah. They, they deserve <laughs> to have a teleprompter. Right. <laughs> wow. When the three of them were performing together, did one have more input than the other, or, or was it a, a really three people saying, Let, let's... It was It was kind of three people saying. Yeah, Graham would usually do the set list, but okay. uh, it would be a fair rotation. You know, everybody would usually get about the same amount of songs and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Of course, um, when they would add Neil... Uh, they referred to it as a benel- benevolent dictatorship. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he a new dad? Yeah, Neil? he's a, yes. No way. Yes, Daryl Hannah had a child. Yes, yes. How old J- is she? Just a couple weeks ago. Fifteen. No way. Yes. And your point is, I did not read that in the Star. <laughs> checking out at the grocery store. I'm going to have to go home and get online. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I didn't have that many dealings with Neil, actually, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. 
Well, he had a huge solo career, too. Yeah, he did. Uh, you know, I think the last thing that we did was one of the Bridge School benefits, and mm-hmm. that was probably in, like, 2014 mm-hmm. or something like that. They kind of run together. <laughs> I bet. We don't want you to tell any tales out of school, but, <laughs> but do. Are, are there moments that stand out as, well, that was a hoot? Um, <laughs> you know, I'd have to give that a little thought. They were There was always something going on somewhere, mm-hmm. you know. Um, in fact, here's a good one. So the, the very last show that Crosby, Stills, and Nash ever played together was the Christmas tree lighting ceremony at the White House. Mm. And uh, it, it went a little sideways. Uh, the audio crew that was with the TV crew, none of our guys, uh, they actually, when they were doing the patch for the changeover, they switched the mic lines of David and Stephen. So when they started to sing harmony, all David could hear was Stephen, and all Stephen could hear was oh, David, no. and it was horrendous. I mean, I it was going out live stream, and I could I heard the audience. There was a gasp. It sounded so bad. Oh, no. And fortunately, they we had done a dress rehearsal and another rehearsal that they rolled tape in the truck, mm-hmm. and so they were able to to replace the audio from the the live version for the TV broadcast. Um, But it was so bad. And uh, there was an, you know, the guys were getting, you know, a little older and they were reading teleprompters and Crosby read right through his and then read Stevens and Stephen got mad and flicked a pick at him across the stage. Obama even said, you guys shouldn't act like that. (laughs) (laughs) But so uh, when we got back to the talent tent, I physically had to get between Stephen and David because they were going to get into a little spat. And they were a little old at the time to Mm. do that, but uh, it was interesting. There's a part of me that understands the frustration. Oh, absolutely. That's a reputation. Up there, people went... Yeah, I think you can still see it on YouTube because of the live stream. Yeah, you don't. It's it's horrible. <laughs> but the thing that you know, it kind of uh, it was amazing to me that that nobody actually ever, I don't think, ever posted what yeah. had actually well, that is gone down. Yeah. You know, because it really wasn't their fault. I mean, the guys can sing. You know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, and, and that brings me up to the, the whole business of technology. Do you find that? that performers sometimes get really ticked off when they look out in the audience and they just see cameras being held up and they know that this is going to be on the internet. Uh, Rather than people just enjoying the moment. Well, yeah, uh, there's a lot of that going on. In fact, I can remember one time I was out with uh, Jackson Brown and we were doing a show in Amsterdam and some guy in the front row absolutely refused to put his phone down. And finally, Jackson got so mad that he flipped the guy off and within minutes it was on the internet. Of course. And yeah. I think some people do it just for attention, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but really, they're stealing the show, too. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And yeah. so they plan on putting the whole concert. Right. So he's standing there to capture the whole doggone thing. Yeah. And he was going to put it up right. there. And, and it's kind of like, um, well, back in the days when guys would bring in tape recorders right. and, and record yeah. a show. And sure. Then, you know, you would not find out until later that somebody's bootlegging some tapes exactly. of your yeah. show. Exactly. Didn't Buddy Guy do something where he was actually recording the show at the back oh, yeah. of his... His so, club? so if you went to this was at uh, uh, his uh, club in Chicago. Yeah, his yeah. club in Chicago. Yeah. You could leave the concert and you could buy that night's concert. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, we did that for a little while uh, on a couple of artists I've been out with, and I think it was CSN. We basically 
uh, would do a board mix mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. throw it on thumb drives and sell it right after the show. Oh, mm-hmm. that's brilliant. You know, and, the, and then it, it, the technology improved, so then they just started doing download codes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the, the uh, group that I work with now does a big business in that, Snarky Puppy. Snarky Puppy. Yeah. Somebody just the other day turned me on to Snarky Puppy. I'm like, they just won their fifth Grammy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because we were talking about the Grammys, and I said, "Well, that's Mm -hmm. that's a band I'm not really." Well, the reason, the whole reason that I got the gig with them was because of Cross. Really? Yep. In about probably 2012 or so, CSN was out on the road, and the bass player for Crosby, Stills and Nash at the time was a guy named Kevin McCormick that also played with Jackson Brown for years and years. Great bass player. And he saw these snarky puppy on YouTube and he sent a link to everybody on the tour. And Crosby is, was a real muso, you know, so it just blew his mind. And he started talking to him up, you know, on social media and stuff. And the next thing you know, he's in touch with the leader of the band and they decided to do some projects together. And so they made two records together. And so at the end of 2021, uh, Michael reached out to me and said, you know, we're, we need a tour manager. So, wow. Thank you, you, Cross. Yeah, really? <laughs> now is the music, is that available? Can I, can I get oh, snarky puppy? Yeah. Oh, with, with, with Cross. Oh yeah. It's the lighthouse band. So they, they oh. have one record out. It was, uh, Michael league, who is the bass player and the leader of snarky puppy, a, a female artist named Becca Stevens, who plays guitar or multi-instrumentalist really and sings. Uh-huh. And, uh, quite talented uh michelle willis who plays keyboards and sings and they made some beautiful records and that's like i said the last one is actually still in the can you know it's hopefully it'll be released soon i just like saying snarky pup yeah Yeah. isn't that fun (laughs) it's they're an amazing and like i said they just won their fifth grammy it's 10 guys on stage usually wow uh and they're all at the top of their game so uh, we have a very deep bench of <laughs> players because everybody's either out doing their solo stuff or playing oh. with other people. So there are three drummers that we can use at any time, three percussionists, uh, a multitude of keyboard players, three guitar players. And so the, the lineup of the band changes sometimes mid tour. We just did 30 dates in 45 days in Europe and about halfway through the tour, we switched out three positions yeah. you know for the other guys I, and people were rabid for them in europe weren't oh absolutely they? we crazy. sold out almost every yeah, show yeah. yeah we're talking with crook stewart and we're talking about snarky puppy and a whole <laughs> bunch of really good music every time you say jackson brown my heart goes pitter patter because i absolutely adore jackson one of my brown. favorite artists of all <laughs> yes, time amen uh we locked the door so crook is going to stay with us a little bit longer <laughs> so you stay with us here on wgn that i love every single thing about that record right his phrasing the harmonies the lyrics everything uh i I still get chills (laughs) listening to that Uh, crook stewart is in the studio with us he was the uh, tour manager for crosby stills and nash former road manager for the rolling stones former tour manager for jackson brown and joan baez as special as those moments were for the audience were they that special for them on stage? Uh, not always, you know. Uh, I think like every act has nights where they, you know, feel like they just killed it. And then, yeah. you know, um, I've been fortunate over the years uh, to work with artists 
especially as they got older, that I never felt like they were like a shadow of their former selves. Mm-hmm. You know, they still brought the heat every night to the show. So, you know, it's like every every musician, you know, they have their nights where they're just, everything's on. Mm-hmm. But uh, when you make it to that level, you very rarely have a bad night. You know, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. you have an average night. Well, one of the many things that I love about their performances, I was a huge Elvis Presley fan. Right. In his later years, I hated the Las Vegas-ness that some of his performances had. I don't mean the fact that he performed in Las Vegas. I mean the, right. the fact that he, he would, got too slick. Yeah. yeah. He, he wasn't really up. singing. He didn't care. Right. And it was just, and with Crosby, Stills, Nash, and, and really most of the people you've been involved with. Oh, absolutely. That never happened. No. And that, you know, I think, um, I'm fortunate enough that I've been doing this long enough that if it had, I could move along, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because I'm a huge music fan myself. Um, and then, you know, I know other tour managers don't even listen to music, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, I came from a background where, you know, I'm, I'm in the music business because I love music. So mm-hmm. it's, it's been great with these guys. Well, what kept you with Joan Baez for 20 years? Um, she was a great boss. And yeah. uh, she really, you know, it's it's really funny, the, the dichotomy of the two, because Crosby would probably never had a vocal lesson in his life. Joan uh, did and never did any vocal exercises. I mean, his warm ups were really right before the show. He just start singing at the top of his uh-huh. lungs, you know. But Joan would do vocal exercises every single day. She had a vocal coach for all those really? years. Oh, absolutely. Hmm. You know, so she so, was when she was working. She this was her. Oh, priority. even when she wasn't. Really? You know? Yeah, and that's that's a, another thing. You know, it's like um, some of the guys. I won't name any names, but you know, when they get off the road and go home, they might not pick up their instrument for a while between tours, mm-hmm. you know, so it takes them a little bit to ramp back up, you know, and to, to kind of get back in the seat again and be ready. But she was ready. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Well, she a, was an amazing performer. A listener says, do you think that Joan Baez will go out on tour again? I do not. No, no. Uh, she's, she's done touring. Yeah. She, she might do the much. occasional thing, but, uh, I haven't really heard of her singing at all. You know, she's, a great artist uh, yes. painting and right. drawing and stuff. So actually the last uh, Cross record, uh, her painting is, uh, I think he paid her 16 grand for that painting. So Whoa. he could also use it on his record. In fact, that was a yeah. Christmas present you received. Yep. Right. Yeah. Wonderful. Album. And we right. talked about wow. uh, at that time we were talking about Joan Baez and how could somebody be blessed with all that talent? Oh, Not only yeah, that, she's amazing, but also an Absolutely, artist yeah. on top. And that was my actually my first artist that I ever tour managed. Really? Yeah. And <laughs> when you went for that job, as I recall, you really hadn't crossed the Mason Dixon line. Is that that's, true? That's correct. I mean, you. Yes. <laughs> You were Atlanta uh, yeah, I was, in Panama yeah, City. I was living and, in Atlanta at the time, and a friend of mine who was the production manager for 38 Special uh-huh. and the lighting designer for those guys, he worked, uh, the manager for 38 Special was a guy named Mark Spector, who had an office in Manhattan, and uh, so he signed Joan for management. And up to that time, Joan was kind of, 
managed by a friend of hers, you know, that didn't really have a whole lot of experience and they decided mm-hmm. it was time to kick it back up a notch. And what he did single-handedly really did, because I mean, her talent remained constant over the years, but, uh, he really just took her, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, for years, like I was with her, uh, like I said, I worked with her for 20 years. Um, but, you know, in the last few years before COVID, she was touring in like in Europe. Uh, she played in Paris. I think they sold something like 17 shows out yeah. in a run. Sold you know? out. Sold shows. out. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. So when you, you went for the job. You talk yeah, about not was, having a whole lot of experience. Right. You hadn't done this before. Right. I, I had run my own bands mm-hmm. on the road, and uh, I had started, I, I fi- figured out finally that that was not the way I was going to be able to make a living. You were and probably paying to play. I did. Uh, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. You know, we blew a truck engine. I, well, I owned the truck and the lights and the sound and everything. Oh, my gosh. And so in about a month-long period, we blew a truck engine, blew a bunch of speakers, a couple of other things. Anyway, that, that month. The universe I, was telling you. Yes, I wrote a check to play music. So I said, I can't do this anymore. So I started a business with a friend, my sound man from my band. And uh, we built speaker cabinets and stuff. And after a while, I got tired of breathing sawdust. And I told a friend of mine that I really miss being in the music business, you know. And so I started working as a stagehand in Atlanta mm-hmm. and kind of rose up through the ranks pretty rapidly and so this guy the with 38 special said you know if i ever get a chance to take you out on the road i think you got an aptitude to be a, a tour manager you know i was like oh let me know that sounds like a fun <laughs> I'm ready. thing yeah, yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> and so anyway when the joan Baez thing came up he's like uh and he wanted to do it himself because you know when you're a freelancer you you want as much work mm-hmm. on the road as you can get and so anyway he um he floated the idea at first for me to come out and cover his position on 38 special for about two weeks because the tours overlapped and the manager's like, uh, you can't leave 38 and the lurch like that. And he said, well, then you should hire crook to do Joan. And so I spoke with him. I, I hobbled together a resume that oh, made you? it look like I had some experience doing something similar yeah. to tour managing. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, after a couple of weeks and I was doing a lot of corporate events to, uh, and some of my corporate clients were calling saying, you're going to be available for this or that. And I was like, well, I'm waiting to hear to see if I can do this tour manager thing, you know? And so anyway, uh, I called him up and I said, look, I, you know, I kind of need to know if this is going to happen or not. And he's like, well, I can't, if you were a guitar tech or something, I feel like I could hire you over the phone, but you know, I can't sign a, a new artist and then get a guy that's never done it. And I've never met in person. So I said, well, I'll fly up and interview you know and so anyway i remember that um this is really before the internet and so i went to a, a magazine stand and looked at a new york times to see what the weather was going to be like <laughs> and i bought a ticket a round trip ticket to newark early oh, not even early new york. not even new york early in the way it was cheaper oh yeah so early in the morning with return late at night and uh so I flew up and I took the Port Authority, you know, the oh. bus into the city and walked to this guy's office. But because I checked the weather, uh, uh, it looked like it was going to rain in New York. So I put an umbrella in my briefcase. And so we're sitting in his office having lunch. And he looks outside. He's like, looks like it's going to rain. You're going to be okay? And I was like, 
opened my briefcase up, showed him my umbrella. I was like, I'm always prepared. Oh. That's how I got the, go- the job. Oh. <laughs> I love it. Lesson So to when I write learned. the book, it's going to be called Umbrella. <laughs> love it oh my goodness talking with a crook steward there is a lesson there for kids absolutely yeah. sure always be prepared uh, stay with us here on wgn crook steward is in the studio with us he has worked with uh crosby stills nash uh and uh jackson brown and john Baez. but i have to the one we haven't mentioned i have to zero in on the rolling stones right my perception from a distance of the Rolling Stones. By the way, I have to tell you, the greatest rock and roll weekend of my life, 1972. Sunday night, Elvis, still looking good, sounding good. Next night, Rolling Stones with Stevie Wonder as their opening oh act. Oh, my gosh. That be, after that, I'm good. Yeah. yeah. That <laughs> but, would do the year for me, at least. But my perception of the Rolling Stones has always been, this is a, along with being great musicians and, and wild personalities, this is a finely tuned business organization. Oh, absolutely it is. I mean, money runs that show, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Uh, and I always thought they were like greater than the, the, you know, their individual, you know, pot pieces. When mm-hmm. once they got together, it was just the sum was greater than the individual parts, you know. The, how did that happen? You know, oh, me getting the job with yeah. them? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, fortunately, I've been able to work with a lot of uh, good friends over the years. And um, the guy that was sat in the seat previous to me for both Jackson and Crosby, Stills and Nash, uh, he started out as their tour accountant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, he would go on the road with them. And so he wasn't available to do Crosby, Stills and Nash. So that's how I, you know, slid into that one. And so one time when they were going out, and this was, uh, I think I was out with them in 2012. So they only did about, I think we only did like five shows or something like five or six shows. And the reason that they wanted to go out was because that was the year of their 50th anniversary. So they didn't, it wasn't like they mounted a huge spectacle like they normally would. You know, they just did enough to to go out and say they had a 50th anniversary tour. And uh, so... Uh, it just so happened that they hadn't gone out in a while and they had gotten rid of their production team and their tour manager. And so the tour accountant had the most previous experience as a tour manager. So they bumped him up the tour manager and he asked me if I'd come out and take care of the band. Was that a a pinch me moment or what? Uh, it kind of was. I just, uh, it was, it was funny because, um, my wife and I, you know, got engaged, uh, I think in August and we're like, well, let's, you know, touring is really slow in December, you know, so <laughs> let's, let's, cause we wanted to get married soon. And so, uh, let's get married in December. And then when I got the call, I, I asked her, I was like, is it okay if we put the wedding off for <laughs> a month, you know? And, uh, so she acquiesce because i thought it would look great on my resume (laughs) (laughs) i guess (laughs) everybody else is going i just trying to get tickets to the concert and crook's going i'm there every night you know sure (laughs) well you know but i never got to see the whole show what well you know you're when the band's on stage you're getting them ready to get out of the building you know so you're packing up their dressing rooms and their wardrobe stuff and gosh i didn't even think of that all of a sudden it's not and they do do a runner after the show so i mean they literally leave the stage hop in the cars and 
They're out Hightail out. Yeah. Wow. And those guys can afford a police escort. Yes, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Remember when they were, was it in Cuba? When they were booked to do a show, that was such a crazy thing. And it turned out that it was a religious holiday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they said, okay, do we change the religious holiday or do we move the stones? You know, I thought, whoa. That's that, some clout. There, that is yeah. some big clout. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned your wife, Victoria. Yes. And you guys have a wonderful love story. You went to high school together. We did. Here, locally. Yes. Right? Born Graduated from here. Rutherford High School, 1974. And you went your separate ways. and then, Absolutely. And I then, think I, the only time I saw her after high school was at our 10th reunion. And I was with my first wife at that time. And I think she was with her second husband. Uh-huh. And then you've, you've been married for how many years now? Uh, we just ce- celebrated our 10th That's anniversary right. in January. Yeah. Got married at the Martin Theater. We did. Mm-hmm. Uh, with about 400 of our closest friends. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and well, you know, we... You know, because we had so many guests at the Ghetto Palace over the years and stuff. So basically, we just said, we're having a wedding. Everybody's invited. Mm-hmm. Just RSVP so we know how many people we got to feed. Mm. And well, you- I mean, people, I had friends come down from Atlanta that I, you know, they didn't RSVP <laughs> because that was a total surprise. I just walked They were probably musicians, right? Yes. <laughs> of Free <course>. food. Yeah. <laughs> Let me back up for some of our listeners in Chicago who don't know from the Ghetto Palace. You want oh, to explain what that is? I the love Ghetto this. Palace was, um, it, it kind of had a predecessor. My family, my father and my grandfather had a fuel oil company here in Panama City called Two Crooks Incorporated. And they had two slogans. The first one was, let us keep you warm, because they sold fuel oil mm-hmm. when people used to use that for heating. And the other one was, for an honest deal, trade with Two Crooks. <laughs> And so they had a large swath of property in Parker where they had a service station and tankers and all this other stuff. And they had a, bought a church that had existed on the property and they gave me the sanctuary basically when I was a teenager and we would hold big jam sessions there. And so when I moved back to Panama City in about 2006 or seven, I started looking for a place and I wanted to make sure they had room uh, it had the room to do something like that again because I wanted to be able to invite my friends over and play music any time of the day or night. We happened to find a, or I happened to find um, a building that was used to be a laundromat. It was built in like 1946. And so the downstairs was a laundromat. It's a big open space. And then it was three bedroom, two bath upstairs. And I bought it uh, relatively inexpensively and, then put about that much again in it to fix it back up. And um, I said, you know, we should have some jams because I, I had, I'm a gear nut. And so I had a complete set of backline and a PA and lights and everything. So set it all up and just um, we p- would post on Facebook. We'd only do our jams on Tuesday nights because we had lots of friends that play at church rehearsals and stuff on Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. It wasn't Monday. It wasn't Friday or Saturday. So we thought we'd have the best chance to get non-working musicians out there. They are, they wouldn't be working. And, you know, some nights we usually would, uh, open the doors at seven 30 and we'd say we'd go till midnight, but, uh, I've walked out of there at two or three in the morning. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we were having fun. And uh, like it's great because there's just so much talent in this area and, you know, people would come out and we'd have a good time and we got destroyed in the storm and we're finally getting rebuilt this year. Coming back. Yeah, coming back. GP 2.0. 
<laughs> will it be purple? It won't be purple. It won't be purple. And will it have a piano sidewalk? Uh, yes. Good. In fact, the contractor has already pulled up the previous one and we're so really? saved all the bricks. So hopefully we hope oh, wow. we can put them back down. Wow. <laughs> it has been such a thrill to talk with you. Well, thanks for I, having me. And it, Will you come back? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. If I'm no, here. You're going to hit the road with Snarky Puppy when? Uh, the end of March. End of March. Yeah, that one's in the States. And then we go to South America, I think the month after that. Wow. Come back out in the States for a couple of weeks and then go to Europe for a month of festivals and on and on. Oh, boy. How do you figure out where you are when you wake up each day? You know, I don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. He's got a job to do. <laughs> I got a job to do. I, you know, a lot of times we only see the hotel and the, yeah. and the yeah. venue. And with Starkey Puppy, usually it's more like uh, only hotels on days off. Uh-huh. All my other artists, you know, you get usually get a hotel every night. Mm-hmm. But when you got ten guys in the band, you got to yeah. feed. You got to cut expenses somewhere. So sure we enough. will uh, sleep on the buses, shower at the venue, do a show, and head out. <laughs> All it, right. If people want to follow you, how should they do it? Uh, find me on Facebook, Crook Stewart the Third. All right. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Crook. <laughs> Thank you. Safe travels. Appreciate it. Thank you. Stay with us. News is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Yeah, I know. It sounds a lot like yesterday, but no, yeah. it's Punchki Day. No, no, no similarity at all. None at all. Punchki Day. We're getting close to Fat Tuesday, yep. and Punchki Day is a big, big honking deal. And if you overindulge, you're going to be big, big, big after big, you eat yes. too many Punchkis. <laughs> there is a Punchki Fest that's going to be happening, and we would like to introduce you to... Ed Marzuski, he is the guy behind Mars Brewery. That's where they're going to have a Punchki Fest. Ed, how are you tonight? Hey, Ed. Hey, guys. I got to tell you, that is one of the best covers I've heard in a long time. <laughs> You're going to be humming I'm that so for the rest of the weekend. That. Thanks for oh playing that. I'm going to just I'm going to find that and um, and, and post it somewhere. It's beautiful. Well, so, yeah, Punchki you have Day, some. How exciting, right? Yes, yes. Now, Tuesday is Fat Tuesday. You're not open on Tuesday, so you're doing your Punchki Fest is tomorrow, starting at noon. Well, actually, today, now that we're on to Sunday, right? That's right. That's right. We're doing our Punchki Fest uh, today, Sunday, February 19th, at our brewery from noon to 8 p.m., and that's uh, located at 3630 South Iron Street in McKinley Park, right across the Bubbly Creek from Bridgeport. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, what's great about about the fest is that some people actually celebrate, you know, uh, Punchki Thursday, which was last Thursday. Mm-hmm. So we kind of plop it in the middle of Thursday and Tuesday to make sure that people could stock up on Sunday and see if they could keep them in the, on their counters or in their fridge for a couple of days till Tuesday. But you don't just do the glorified jelly donut you also since you are a brewery you also offer something else that i have never heard of until i heard about you tell us all about oh the my Kuchki gosh stout johnny you know what it's incredible that you actually brought this up because the punchki stout is something we created maybe five or six years ago as an homage to these incredible polish pastries uh, as you know, Chicago is one of the largest metropolitan areas in the world with the Polish uh, population. I believe right. decades ago there were more Polish people uh, in the Chicago metropolitan area uh, in almost every city in Poland except for Warsaw. 
Right. And then, of course, there's a history of Polish breweries in Chicago as well. Uh, the White Eagle was a brewery that was actually right across the creek from us on Racine. Mm-hmm. So we're a small craft brewery uh, that's been making a lot of interesting and experimental beers here in Chicago for years. We make like a Dill Weiss kind of pickle beer. Mm-hmm. We make crazy beers with yuzu juice. And there's a whole trend in brewing called pastry stouts. And now a stout is like a dark, malty beer that's usually mm-hmm. like a, a smooth, chocolatey flavor to it. Mm-hmm. And what we do as brewers is add different fruits and adjuncts to the brew uh, to make them kind of sweet, to make them kind of tasty, tasting like pastries or donuts or cookies. Mm-hmm. So Punchki is our homage to the history of uh, Punchki Day happening every, every year in Chicago. And we make three different versions. One's a kind of chocolate version with cocoa nibs. Yeah. One's a cream puff version with like <laughs> vanilla cream. Added to it. I love that. And then we have a uh, pistachio cream pushki uh, stout as well. Oh yeah. my! Uh, but so of course, there are no calories in- attached to any of these, correct? No, they're super low calorie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, there are probably as many as there are in one of the punchkis themselves. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> How did you? I mean, the, I'm intrigued by the cream puff flavor. That must be really smooth and kind of velvety. Yeah. It is actually, that's a good call. I mean, I hope you could join us tomorrow, but if not, you'll be able to pick it up at one of your favorite little liquor stores or bars out there, I hope. Um, it is a delicious uh, kind of vanilla cream uh, tasting style with notes of chocolate through the cocoa nibs. Mm-hmm. Um, it also has lactose, and lactose is like a milk sugar that brewers here use uh, to kind of create a, a more sweet flavor within the beer. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not cloyingly sweet. These are kind of balanced. You get the flavors, so it's not like a sweet chocolate milk type thing or a Yoo-Hoo or anything like that. <laughs> so so when, when somebody first walked in with the idea of a punchki stout, was your reaction, what have you been drinking? Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, no. It makes complete sense for our brewery like Mars Community Brewing. We make all kinds of weirdo beers. We we make a blue <laughs> ale. We make I, I, all kinds. That, that of, should be your new slogan. We make all kinds of weirdo beers. Yeah, right. Thank you. I, I'll use that for sure. But you know, we we really were thinking about like, well, how do we celebrate these great Polish holidays? There's you know, Kazimir Pulaski Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Fat Tuesday. It's really like the Polish Mardi Gras, right? And it's sure. February. We're usually cooped up. People are sick of the t- sick and tired of being in the house. It's cold. It's miserable. You know. You know. Of course, we hope that it gets warmer sooner. But sometimes it's not. So it's a mm-hmm. good way to just get out of the house. You can come with your family, get some treats, and you know we have a number of different pastry chefs and bakers who are participating this year. We usually have guest uh, bakeries. And we order like a thousand different punch keys and we offer oh. them to, our, to our, our clients when they come in. Wow. There's a lot of weird ones, too. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. Can we ask you to hang on for just a bit, Ed? And we'll come right back with you after we Absolutely. take a quick break. All right. Thanks. Ed is the president of Mars Brewery. That's M-A-R-Z. He's Ed Marzuski, And we are talking, honest to God, about Punchki Fest. And it starts at noon today, just about 12 hours from now. The party starts. And I can't believe they've got enough 
of the Poonchki Stout for you to wait till the last minute to get out and try this. I mean, if you really are interested, you have to get out there this afternoon. We'll come right back with Ed in just a few here on WGN. I love these heavy lyrics. <laughs> Steve Kink and Johnny Putman of WGN Radio, and we are celebrating Fat Tuesday and Poonchki's. And, uh, I'm starving. Yeah. Oh, man. If one walked in here now, I'd be all over it. We're talking with Ed Marzuski in just about 12 hours. The party is on at his place, Mars Brewery. And it's going to be an honest-to-God punchki fest with punchki stout. And and you can get your punchkis while you're there. In fact, Ed, I'm curious. Are are we pronouncing it correctly? Because forever, I've, I've said punchki. Is that right? Yeah, I know. No, Johnny, I got to tell you something. What? I'm half Polish, okay? Yeah. And the one half of me would say punchki, but the other half would say punchki with like an ah, A sound in it. Okay. Like Fonzie. So, <laughs> yes, Fonzie punch Like punchki. And I'm probably butchering that. Um, <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, different, most, peop, most people who aren't Polish are saying punchki. And then uh, the uh, Polish Americans and Polish speaking folks will probably say Panchki. Okay. And it, it's uh, it's interesting because you also if you don't spell it correctly, people get upset. Oh, like, I know. There's a there's a there's a really interesting kind of like letter within the Panchki with the A. There's like a little accent on the bottom of the A. Right. Um, that European like you know Polish language or German language will use or Eastern European languages will use. So sometimes when you misspell it on social media, people correct you in the comments. <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. There, there are people that's so, yeah, all they great. have to do. Yeah, I know. I know. It's That's the world we live in. But, you now, know, the, the Ponchki, and now here's the thing, too. You know, we're offering traditional Ponchki or Ponchki, right? Right. right. Um, from legendary Bridgeport Bakery. They've been in yes. business for Gosh, I don't even know how many, maybe a hundred years, maybe more. I'm not sure. Forever, and we're, yeah. we've, we've, we've ordered a bunch of custard and powdered sugar and then buttercream chocolate and cannoli and strawberry. You're making me and so then, hungry. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I, you know, the thing is I could, I wish I could be eating them right now, but they're being delivered tomorrow morning. Um, <laughs> Good. And, then, and we, and we work with these great young chefs, um, there's like an organization called Brunch Locks that holds this Sunday party all over the city, uh, mostly at Maria's Packaged Goods and Community Bar in Kimsky. Mm-hmm. And they, they serve all kinds of great food and desserts. And Cindy, the, bake, uh, the, the chef of that Brunch Locks event, makes punchkis like all the time. And mm-hmm. she's got a bunch of crazy flavors, uh, an ube punchki with pastry cream, She's got something called Bucos Pandas with coconut pastry cream. So it's kind of like Filipino-inspired Polish yeah. punchki, right? Right. And then she's got like a, ma- a mango punchki with pastry cream uh, oh. topped with sugar and tagine. we got a cardamom punchki with brown goat cheese and cream cheese. <laughs> and, then she- and then like an almond, an almond punchki with lingonberry jam. So like a Norwegian thing. So oh. I believe she's Norwegian and her husband's Filipino. So she always makes this kind of hybrid food. It's great. That's very cool. Has, has, yeah. I, I think there's one bakery that's known for their Jameson's. 
punch key. Oh, where the Jameson's oh, is, oh, is in the filling. They infuse the Jameson, yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a Malort punch key out there. <laughs> Don't you know it? (laughs) That is so Chicago, right? right? That is pure Chicago. (laughs) Wow. And I think think J.P. Graziano's made a Jardinera one, too. Yes, which is crazy because that's the stuff where people who don't know, because we have people listening to us around the country, that's that green stuff that you get on your Italian beef sandwich. Yeah, it's it's like like a relish. It's it, yeah, the peppery, wonderful stuff that you have to have mm-hmm. on your wet Italian beef sandwich. Mm-hmm. Oh, who's mm-hmm. hungry? I actually God. had one tonight. Did you? I had an amazing. I had an amazing Italian beef with jardinera and mozzarella cheese from oh. uh, Phil's Pizza. Yeah, it was delicious. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, so you know, there's one more um, chef, a young, a young uh, baker who's starting his own deli called Zaitlin's Deli. Mm-hmm. And he's doing something I've never heard of as well. He's making poppy seed jam inside his punch key. Oh my! Yeah, and he's, really? And he's pairing it with, yeah, and he's pairing it with the bagel dog. What? Yeah, yeah. a bagel so dog. Yeah. That's Isn't crazy. Nuts. Yeah. But now remember, so if if you OD on the poppy seed jam, you do not want <laughs> to have to take a drug test because you could fail that drug test. <laughs> really? I didn't know. You that. Really? Oh, oh yeah. Yes. yeah th- this is that's a real thing. That's not a that's not a Seinfeld episode. That's for real. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes. I had no idea. No. Well, just eat half of one. That's right. If you're well, working, if you're working a government shop. We were talking yeah, we're really about. Excited. The, the, the different stouts, I said before we took a commercial break, that if you want to get your hands on one of the punchki uh, stouts, you better get there early, because I'm, I'm assuming that this is not like an endless supply. Am I right, Ed? You're absolutely right. It's like a one-time um, batch of each of these three flavors that we do once a year. Um, we pre-sold a bunch, but we held on to a bunch for the fest because we know a lot of people come out. They pick up their point of ski and they grab a four pack or all the variants of the the different flavors Mm -hmm. that we offer. But we do have a bunch. I think we'll last through the day. If not, I apologize in advance. If you come Mm -hmm. by, don't get the punchy style. You'll at least be able to try it on draft. So we'll be pouring it at the tap rooms as well. Wow. Now, when when you first announced this, how long was it before you knew you had a hit on your hands? You know, it's weird. Um, you know, there's all kinds of craft breweries in town, and there's all kinds of different trends of styles and things that are happening. Like people like really hazy beers, or they like milkshake IPAs, and yes, it's exactly mm-hmm. what you think. Or they like really fruited sours, which is essentially like almost like fruit puree mm-hmm. with a sour beard. It's like a smoothie. But the pastry style thing has been going on for a while, and Everyone's making different flavors, and of course, making an homage to one of Chicago's annual treats uh, was was really got everyone excited. And it's like a great party. We have like a marching band that comes in. It's like our, like I said earlier, it's like a Polish Mardi Gras. So there's like a marching band that's going to perform, doing like crazy jazz, marching band jazz stuff. Yeah, we'll be serving gumbo as well, and Ooh. and and shrimp po' boys. Oh. So we try to we try to tie those things together. Just have a good time. It's just meant to do something fun in the middle of winter. We're waiting yeah. for spring to come. But 
I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say there will be no bead throwing. Therefore, do not lift your shirt. Uh, it's right, not a requirement. Right, I, no, you don't. <laughs> no, have to no, no. <laughs> do not do that. <laughs> oh. But, you know, I hate to admit this. We are giving out beads at the door. <laughs> but you don't have to lift your shirt. <laughs> no. no. Keep your coat on. It's all That's good. That's right. Um, <laughs> listener said Iron Street. They're not familiar with 3630 South Iron Street South in Chicago. Iron Street. Yeah, it's it's a neat little industrial park. Yeah. It's like the first it's the first um kind of organized like a grid industrial parks in the city okay. of Chicago. Oh. Yeah, so it's like a historic industrial park and it's, you know, right off of 35th right by the south branch of the Chicago River which is called Bubbly Creek. Right. Um it, it's a great neighborhood, and it's in the right. You know, it's close to the highway, close to mass transportation, and there's plenty of parking, free parking all over the streets over there, especially mm-hmm. on the weekends. Well, I'm glad you so, mentioned. So, if somebody's uh, was going to see uh, the White Sox, how would they get there from? Oh, you from go the down field? one mile, one mile west from uh, from the uh, the ex Comiskey Park. Right. Yes. Right, it's just yes. straight down 35th, and you take up, and you go one block south on on Iron Street, which is right past uh, the river or like close to Racine. I'm glad you mentioned public transportation because if you want to come and really overindulge and try all of the different stouts, you can do that and then hop on a bus to get yeah. home. Right. <laughs> right. You know, make sure you don't pass out on the bus. All right. right. And and end up yeah. someplace where you don't know where you are. Um, That's right. What's the alcoholic I mean, content of of your stout, well, your punchki stout? For this this double milk mm-hmm. stout is is seven point five percent ABV, so it's pretty high. It's yeah. like having a cocktail. Um, it's not like wine, but if you're drinking twelve ounces of it, it's it's uh, it's definitely a good serving. So you can get a buzz, is what I'm saying. Right? So you, you don't so. want to drink this before you're doing your driver's test. No, no, absolutely, or just doing anything. I mean, <laughs> you know, the day the day is just meant to indulge, right? It's a it's a, the the Fat Tuesday is meant to be a a time of an indulging and overindulging. Right? That's right. So yeah, because then Lent like you give it all up, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. Then you just do not drink bushki stouts for a long time. We have come up with T-shirt ideas for you. You know, the home of the weirdo Ooh. beers. You know, <laughs> and drink, drink our stout and don't do anything else. Just yeah. do that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I love oh, it. Oh, you guys, you guys. Okay, you got. You, I'm going to send you those shirts. Okay, make send me a picture. Okay. Okay. You've got just a few hours to get some rest because the doors open at noon. It goes till 8 o'clock this evening. It's Punchki Fest at 3630 South Iron Street in a wonderful location where they're going to have a good time. That's Mars Brewery. And uh, we're going to stay in touch with you, Ed, because it sounds to me like you've got a lot of fun things going on there. And we want to be the first to hear about it, okay? Oh, thank you, Johnny. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much for giving holler and letting folks know about what we're doing. We're really excited. We're really proud of our Polish heritage, and we're proud of contributing to the cultural fabric of the city. So oh, I appreciate thank you. it. This was, this was fun, Ed. Thanks for Take joining care. us. Take care. Bye-bye now, Ed. All right, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks. Good night. 
More coming up. Stay with us on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio celebrating, among other things, uh, Fat Tuesday, Punchkeys, King Cakes, and yes. who knows what else. Boy, the days when we would, the Thursday, like Ed said, the mm-hmm. Thursday before Mardi Gras was always big at the radio station, and we knew about 4 o'clock in the morning the bakeries would start dropping them off. Yep. And then we would talk to the bakers, and they would be exhausted, and their day hadn't even started mm-hmm. because they'd been making these things, thousands of them, like the whole weekend. All the years that we talked with our buddy David, the Polish baker, and yes. literally there would be people lined up out on the streets outside the bakery. Right. That was your South Side representative. Then on the Northwest suburbs, we used to hear from the Continental Bakery. They mm-hmm. were always good about bringing us the fresh strawberry punchkis. And then also Oven Fresh Bakery was another one that was so wonderful. Remember, um, somebody at our radio station picked up a box of punchkis one day and threw their back out. They were so heavy. Seriously. Oh, you're right. I forgot Literally, about that. The, yeah. the engineer picked them up and went, ah, my back just slipped out. <laughs> so. Wait, if you're just joining us, uh, we are broadcasting live from Studio 812 in uh, Lynn Haven, Florida. And uh, we have our buddy Tom Hoots. In the studio with us and uh also uh caleb is hanging out with us and i'm curious we've been talking about punchkeys and fat tuesday what is it and i know punchkeys are not that big a deal no i went looking for down them here i literally went to three places over the past few days and they looked at me like i had three heads so so tom is our king cakes the thing down here not that i've ever had no really hmm. Have, okay, have Caleb. You, have how you, about Caleb? you? I've never heard of a punchkey in my life, so this is a real learning experience. <laughs> it's like okay. a, a foreign uh, language for you. But yeah, king cakes are the are the thing now. Yeah, yeah, because we're only what five hours from New Orleans, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, there are a lot, of, and we did have Mardi Gras here in Panama City last weekend. Yep. A lot of bead throwing, and yep. and in spite of lousy weather, there was a parade and. King cake is, and we don't see those much in Chicago. I know you can find them, but you certainly mm-hmm. don't see as many as you do the punchki. Um, but the king cake has the baby Jesus in it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it all is. It has to do with eating up all of your 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 lard and your your fat and your that's the operative word, your flour and your sugar and all those good things before you get ready for Lent. Right. And then you give it all up. So you, you, <laughs> I guess in some countries it's pancake day. Like in Germany, they do pancakes and you just eat enormous amounts of pancakes. <laughs> well, Tom looks horrified. <laughs> you make some of this stuff sound so yummy and with the lard and all that other yes. stuff. I'm going, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> and your point is. And get a load of this. Uh, and this has been the, the, the norm for years, the most popular flavor. And with our guest, we talked about some kind of weird combinations in punch keys. <laughs> the most popular to this day remains the prune punch key. I know. You're thinking. I still find that hard to believe. No, that sounds yummy. Uh, okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I think I want to go back to the lard. Is that okay? <laughs> but but this actually, I, I can see why that would happen. Quick story. True story. Oh, no. We had a group in the studio. Yes. Stormy weather. Great do-up group. Johnny made some brownies. Gluten-free brownies. At that time, to sort of compensate for the lack of gluten you were using. To make them moist, I was using stewed prunes. 
one of our guests <laughs> had about five of the brownies. Oh, after yeah. they left and they were heading back from Chicago into Northwest Indiana, we got a phone call from a truck stop. They said, "Hey, thanks. Uh, we we stopped here because our lead singer overindulged in the brownies that you didn't tell us until we were leaving that the secret ingredient was prunes." So. <clears throat> Poppy seed is also very popular, and a listener texts and says poppy seed is common filling for kolachkis, so it's probably the same way with the punchki. Again, you don't want to take a drug test after you eat too many poppy seeds. <laughs> Dan Long is the keeper of the big plug uh, back in Chicago. Dan, uh, are you a big punchki fan? I admit I, uh, I enjoy a good punchki. Well, radio stations are great um, deposit depositories. Depositories, yeah. Yeah, and you know that sounds weird on the heels mm-hmm. of talking about prunes. I'm sorry, but <laughs> it's just wrong. <laughs> but food ends up in radio stations, right, Dan? <laughs> yeah, that is a big perk of uh, working in radio, is uh, and especially around this time of year. There's always I walk in and there's always some sort of food laid out, baked yes. goods. Who was the the sportscaster? Wayne no Larravee. Wayne Larravee, who, Wayne who used Larrabee. to do the Bears broadcast, who had this habit of, if there was anything that had been uh, cakes or whatever left in master control, he would just kind of happen to put his finger in each piece. He would touch them. So yeah. people would go, well, Wayne, just take all of them. You've touched <laughs> them. And he would kind of go, oh, okay. Dumb like a fox. He yeah. walks away with a half a dozen of them because he's touched them and nobody wants them after that. <laughs> I think that's a common workplace grievance. I do see stories of that. People snap pictures of dozen a dozen donuts where all 12 donuts have been picked at and picked apart yes. and there's scraps. Yes. Yeah, they're looking for something. I don't know, look, looking for the baby Jesus. So something that they're looking for in the donuts. Or pizza. Pizza's another thing that often ends up at radio stations. And thanks to Lou Malnati's. I mean, they've fed us yeah. for years. And um, as, as we've often said, if you carbo-load, sometimes you get really sleepy. That so, was one of the problems around Christmas when we would have the Woodstock High School Choir Forty kids from the Woodstock High School Choir. We would treat them to pizza before they would come in. Right. Our mistake. Because about an hour into the broadcast, they're trying to keep <laughs> themselves awake as they're uh, leaning they're, against the walls. They're so full, and, and they have to stand the whole time to sing. And, they, you know, unless you're running a marathon, you really don't want carbo load before you're going to sit down and try to or stand and sing mm-hmm. for the next two hours. Even just doing this job, I'm amazed at people who can eat and then immediately get on the air and do a talk yeah. show right after. Well, I agree. In fact, we did overnights for so many decades, mm-hmm. and we would not eat dinner before, oh, I would say, or or I should say after, 5 o'clock in the evening. Yeah. Because we'd have to take our evening nap to come back into work, and I just And if we didn't get our evening nap, we'd be cranky. Yeah. I our, our schedule back in those days, we were doing a show that would go from uh, 11 at night till 5 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And that would mean we'd get home somewhere around 7-ish. We'd uh, watch a little bit of the previous night's TV, have some breakfast, then grab about a two- or three-hour nap, then get up for the afternoon, be working on the show. And then if we didn't get our evening couple-hour nap, we were not fun to deal with. But dinner had to be before 5 o'clock, before the 5 o'clock news, or else 
Yeah, you're right, Dan. You just you're like, oh, I just want to curl up. <laughs> it's a delicate <laughs> balance. It is a very yes. delicate, and you've got to stay there till what four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and, but I can also, you know, aside from short bursts here and there, I'm pretty much not talking. I don't have to yes. be entertaining or be energetic. I just have to <laughs> make sure all the buttons are the right buttons are pushed at the right time. Yes. Okay, I'm going to uh, scoot over to the, the guy on the other side of the glass, Andrew B. Now, we're talking about Poonchkis. You said coming from the East Coast, when you came to Chicago, that was your first experience, right? Um, I Honestly, I found out about Poonchkis uh, four days ago. <laughs> what? You're kidding. I'm not kidding, which is funny because Buffalo has a huge Polish co- uh, community there, so I'm surprised I never heard of them. Yeah. Did you just see these fancy pastries and think they were just fancy jelly donuts? Or? I never seen them, never heard them. I, I heard really? about Poonchki's, uh It was the Jardinero one. They were talking about it uh, uh, on the new uh, on the Chicago Afternoon News about yeah. on I think it was a Thursday, and I had to ask around. I did not know what they were. That doesn't sound very good. I'm sorry for the bakery that decided to make it because I'm sure it's going to be wildly popular. But did anybody say if they'd actually tried it? Because it just seems like a weird combination. It doesn't seem like the worst thing I've. I mean, we've talked about you know. <laughs> oh, there, there's we a talked about you know. It's ca- not the worst. I've we ever had. Uh, we talked about Cajun toast two weeks ago, so I, That's I, I right. don't know. That's there, right. There, 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 we, I think we have uh, established our tier list of what's good and what's not. <laughs> You're right, and yours was Doritos with marshmallows, and yep. Steve's was black and burned toast. Yeah. with peanut butter. And on your it. point is, yeah, I, I may I, want some of that when we get home this morning. I have my nerve to even suggest that anything that's being made in Chicago would, you know. Okay, Caleb, what what is your favorite uh, uh, junk food or favorite uh, comfort food that nobody else would understand? Weird. It's got to be weird. A weird food combo. A weird food combo. Yes, because like uh, Andrew literally turned us on to, was it Doritos, Andrew, with um, marshmallows? Yeah, so you're taking two nacho cheese Doritos, putting a, a marshmallow in between them, and roasting it as if it were a s'more. Yeah. To be frank... I haven't been in radio long enough to have uh, a weird food combo to, to take pride You in. haven't been that hungry, um, have you? But, you know, all this talk of food, I'm, I think I need to get back into the business. So yeah, I, I, I you do. You do. All right, weird food combo, Tom. Oh, Lordy. Uh, you, strike, I, you strike me as a really normal guy. I, that's my. I can't even fit into this conversation. I'm way too normal for this. And see, I, I haven't even brought up what I was raised on. What? Scrapple. Oh, I know. I love Scrapple. Do you know Scrapple, Tom? Oh, yes. What exactly is that? I've heard about it, it, but I I know it. Andrew, you've heard about it. I've heard Scrapple, but I don't know what it is. Don't don't try it. Don't try it. Andrew, it's what's left over. It's all the pig parts. Andrew, we have to do a break, but coming out of the break, let's say I'm going to do an audible. See if during the break you can find the artist is Robbie Folks. And it's called the Scrapple Song. And he's F-U-L-K-S, Robbie Folks. He did the Scrapple Song. And it really summarizes what the... Yeah. <laughs> what the, what the delicacy is. I had a shiver. It just crossed... Oh. All right, we'll, <laughs> we'll take a break and come back um, right here on WGN. Oh, makes me hungry for some Scrapple. So, but you got to have some Scrapple. You, you, you have to have it with no, syrup. You, no, you don't got to have Scrapple. I got to have it. <laughs> no. I, trust me, I got to have it. So it's pig parts 
with some cornmeal. My grandmother made the best scrapple. No, that's an oxymoron. Oh, best scrapple it is was not wonderful. Right. It was wonderful. <laughs> if you're comparing it only to scrapple, it <laughs> could be the best of the scrapple. You're right. You're right. It could be Tell the best. Tell me whose side are you on. So then it becomes a gelatinous loaf. Are you taking notes, Andrew? This is for future reference. Got it, it becomes it. A, a gelatinous gray Icky loaf. Well, my grandmother would make it the night she would have this big pot she'd be stirring. Yeah. Then when it was kind God of getting gelatin, she would cut it into loaves yeah. or make let it, it si- let it sit till the next day, mm-hmm. and then cut it into pieces and fry it, mm-hmm. and put syrup on it. And oh boy, I'm hungry for scrapple. It was so good. Of course, coming from a woman who's one of my delicacies is head cheese. <laughs> I just got a chill. Uh, Caleb, we're not strange enough for radio. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, I, I had hope, but then I, I the curtain was revealed. And then, you know. uh, Caleb Jordan is with us. Uh, and bless his heart, he's like across the room going, okay, I'm almost out the door. <laughs> I could leave here soon. Um, head cheese, I'm telling you people, uh, also known as souse. Oh, stop backing away from the microphone, Tom. <laughs> It's also known as souse. It's also pig parts. It's literally. Mm -hmm. So you can look and see the snout and you can see the little ear pieces and... And then you pour. And it's vin- winking at you. <laughs> you pour vinegar over it. And Speaking then- of winking at you, reminds me of <laughs> true story. We were talking with of our Mira Landerson, extraordinary guitar player. Oh, you. She's yes. over in, in what country? She was in Japan, and she had. <laughs> to this meal where it was she like was royalty this- invited her because she's a she's a fabulous guitarist and so she was invited to this very fancy sit-down meal with royalty and they served some kind of fish that was looking up at her it was alive and it was alive and she took out her camera and made a video of it and it's lifting its head and she she, she so scrapple doesn't sound so bad at the moment right <laughs> yeah you know it's uh it's yeah lord have mercy this is the theory of relativity i think it just depends on what you're comparing it against (laughs) oh my gosh um i'm gonna make scrapple for you again yes yes because i know i married you for a reason (laughs) that's how i get diamonds and jewels As, as long as you don't have to eat it, that's not that's that right. bad. It's not that bad. That's <laughs> right. <clears throat> okay, so places that you can get your, your punchkis, we've come full circle. Yes, uh, you can. I, I'm looking here at some of the pe- places that people are suggesting. Continental keeps getting a lot of, of thumbs up. And then the listener says... Uh, and by the way, you can uh, call or text us at 312-981-7200. So. I'm not familiar with this place, but a 773 area code says Europe La France. I don't know Europe La France, but apparently they Where have... Where is it? It's someplace in Chicago. They have Or a, is it in Europe? No, no. They have an impressive king cake for those who are hmm. looking for their king cake in Chicago. So... Europe, La France. I have to look at it. Well, 312-981-7200. Where is Europe, La France? Yes. You can call Um, or text. I'm just scrolling through some of the text here that I thankfully have on a big screen in front of me, so I can see them. Um, By the way, speaking of the big screen, 
Yeah. Tom, you want to explain what this big screen is that, that Johnny I, has connected to her uh, I, to, I to wish I wish I knew. I bought it on eBay. And it's very <laughs> nice, and I really don't even know what it's called. It, but basically, you connect it to your cell phone, and you get a big kind of a laptop yeah. size screen. Yeah, you get a laptop size cell phone screen. Which is really cool. It's bigger than a, a, like an iPad or mm-hmm. something like that. It's much bigger than that. Um, uh, in fact, let me take you back to some of the texts in here. A listener says, uh, is the show recorded to listen to at a later date? And that is correct. It is. Right, Andrew? It will be podcast. Uh... Yes, it will be. Um, oh, here's a listener who says, I didn't want to fall asleep without having a chance to we say. We didn't either. <laughs> Thank you for being <laughs> We're trying very hard not to. It's been a long day. It was very kind of you. Before I fall asleep on you, I just wanted to say thank you for being there. No, that's very sweet. Thank you for, um, and uh, with fingernails, I'm I'm having a hard time scrolling around here. But anyway, thank you. You can text us at 312-981-7200. I will get to those during the news. Coming up after the news, one of the topics I want to get into, and Caleb, before you leave, I'll ask you this question. Sure. Um, do you have a um, a preference when it comes to s- <laughs> to look at his face? He's like, I'm scared. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to ask me. Silverware. Silverware. Yes. Okay. There was a TikTok video last week. That this amazed within, me. Within 24 hours, it had 11 million views. Did you hear about this? Nope. Okay. This woman put up two spoons. One was a fancy spoon mm-hmm. with a fancy handle, you know, like a uh, big long spoon. I no, think. no, just a teaspoon. Okay. Just a handle of it was mm-hmm. fancy. And the other one was a smooth one. And she said, so which is your choice? And literally millions of people started fighting over silverware. And I thought, I thought I was married to the only person in the world that had this, this, uh, this. I just have a preference for smaller, smooth spoons. That's <laughs> See, it says a matter of factly. I'm, I'm going to have to side with you on that one, Steve. Thanks. Really? Because you are a right-thinking American. Okay, Caleb, do you have a preference? Between ornate or, or just, do you have? Is there anything that, for example, I yeah. will fish around if, if I'm like at a, um, at, at a buffet. I've been known to do this. I'll, I'll touch many forks until I find the one that's happy. Yes, <laughs> I will absolutely give you that. The, ha- the happy it fork? It has to be weighted. My utensil has to have some heft to it. Yes. So that... I'm not worried about damaging the utensil while using it. I don't that's, like tools to break on me. Yeah, uh, Well, that's weird because I have been known to... But if it's too hefty, you could damage yourself. <laughs> no. <laughs> the cost is worth bearing. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Steve, on the other hand, you can see our place settings because there's a smaller spoon. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lighter set of silverware. Yeah. Mine's like a shovel. Yeah. That's <laughs> I'm laughing at Tom's face. He's like watching a ping pong game. He's going back and forth. Like, this is so freaking mm-hmm. weird. Tom thought he knew all of our weirdness. There's, there's, there are I've layers scratched of the surface yes. on this yes. one. There are layers and layers of weird. <laughs> um, um, yeah, th- th- there's the rest of that story. I'll get Wait a minute. To it. Uh, Dan, <laughs> s- smooth or ornate spoons? <laughs> like that it just sounds crazy does it hold liquid is my one criteria for a spoon <laughs> now, that's that's an engineer for you yeah. it beats the palm of my hand yeah. right yeah. <laughs> all right andrew do you have any preference or is this just any plain? silverware preference a clean one 
<laughs> okay. okay. Good. Right. Good. Uh, anything that's not plastic. Nah. Well, you're not crazy about wood. Oh, I can't stand a wooden spoon. Oof. Like a I prefer to use plastic silverware in my house simply because I don't like washing dishes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see, Gabe, that makes perfect sense. I'm, uh, I'm right there with you. No, I'm, I'm laughing at myself when I think about this, but then I think about 11 million people in a matter of 24 hours being compelled to sit down. Of course, I'm taking a valuable radio time, so never mind. But it's the Internet. Of course, there would be controversy. Yes. Do you like air? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't decided yet. <laughs> the thing I love about that, though, is it's just it's a non-mission critical opinion yes. to have. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yes. That's a good way to put it. That actually makes this whole discussion sound smart. Yeah. Thank you. So this was a learning experience. Yes. So Caleb's job here is done. (laughs) You can go home now. I've used my degree, yes. (laughs) That's right. Well, on that note, uh, stay with us. Uh, The news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. If you haven't been there, you ain't been nowhere. (laughs) That's New Orleans. That's Elvis from the movie King Creole. Yep, and we had to play a little bit of Elvis and King Creole as we've been talking about uh, Fat Tuesday and Mardi Gras. And uh, for those of you who've listened to WGN for some time, you know the name Brian Noonan. Brian, uh, in fact, Brian was kind enough for many years uh, to fill in on our show, and he had his own weekend show. And Brian is also a um, very active stand-up comedian. Uh, I'm not sure Brian knows where he is right now, because when I last talked with him, mm-hmm. he was getting ready for, he was actually getting dressed in his gest- jester's outfit yeah. to attend the parade in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So this, I'm showing a picture. This is our friend Brian tonight <laughs> in New Orleans. Uh, you can go to his website and see him. I said, Brian, do you want to join us? And he said, I'm not sure I'll know my name. So probably not a good idea to call me. Do me a favor and promise me that you won't call me, okay? Because I might pick up the phone and you put me on the radio live. Yes, God bless him. Brian has had a very good time. So, so go to Facebook and look up Brian Noonan. Brian Noonan. And, and you, you will see, see the pictures that we yeah, are talking about. Um, uh, they both, uh, he and his wife have custom toilet brushes in hand because they were uh, from the crew of Tux. Mm-hmm. And yes, he's wearing a green and purple and gold jester's costume. He's got a lot of beads around his neck. And um, yeah, I don't think many people have as much fun as Brian does. <laughs> God bless him. Yeah, at first he said, yeah, yeah, no, I don't think I should. I, I, I want to work in, in the city again someday. So <laughs> plus he's a teacher. He's, a, he's also a high school teacher. <laughs> so he's got a reputation. Um, uh, but uh, again... Go to his site and you can see his page today. Uh, listeners have texted in. If you're looking for king cake because you'd rather celebrate uh, with the king cake instead of the punchki, uh, Benison's, uh, uh, Benison's Bakery on Davis in Evanston. Stan's oh, Donuts. sure. We passed that. Sure. Stan's yeah. Donuts is across the street from Northwestern Hospital on North Rush Street. Of course, they make donuts, but they also are making king cakes for um, Mardi Gras and for Fat Tuesday. Uh, the Edge of Sweetness is on North Broadway. They apparently make a king cake. And also um, Weber, Weber Bakery, I believe. Uh, let's see. This one comes from 
a uh, 352 area code, Weber Bakery on Archer and Nottingham. And that was also backed up with a 312 area code. says you haven't lived until you've had a punchki from Weber's Bakery. So hmm. there you have it. If you want to add to our list, feel free to do so. We'll give them a shout out as if they need some more publicity on, yeah. <laughs> on Punchki Day. But we're at 312-981-7200. And um, I'm looking here at people who are reacting to the whole silverware thing. So... If you are weird about your silverware, you're not alone, because apparently there are a whole bunch of other people that feel the same way. Well, of course. Yeah. And right-thinking Americans like Tom. And some 11 million people who responded to a TikTok video in just a matter of hours, 11 million views and millions of very heated responses. What's confusing me is I have this, if I had a very, very ornate spoon how would i be sure that all those little nooks and cranny got clean in, in the dishwasher <laughs> no 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 don't go there can you have a a nook without a cranny i don't know can you have a cranny yes, without you can a, have nook? a book nook sure you can have a nook oh, that's true you can yeah. but can you it used have to a, be a, a tablet you read books on that's was a right nook. i yeah, love my you, nook but there can were no you have with a them. solo cranny mm, that's a good question I don't know. We have pondered some of the real mysteries. We talked off the air about the Murphy bed and who the heck yeah. was Murphy. I mean, these are the important things. <laughs> All right, here's one for you. <clears throat> I came across this little factoid uh, this afternoon. I was reading a fashion blog all about how denim will never go out of style. And in passing the blogger, the, the uh, influencer, yes, writes. Can I say that's one of those terms that over the past year... You've come uh, to hate? I have absolutely come to hate. <laughs> I'm an influencer. Eh, influence this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, I happen to like her a lot. <clears throat> she writes, Do you know the first president that outlawed denim in the White House? And Monday is President's Day. Oh, I actually heard this. And uh... You've been reading my influencer's blog? <laughs> No, but uh, but I should know this. It's somewhere on the hard drive in my head. All right, let it. Sp- I hear it spinning. I, yeah, it's, it's whirring. <clears throat> it, it, Actually, outlawed denim yeah. in the White House. In fact, I'm going to leave that out there. All right. Okay. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. I'll pay off if you come up with the correct answer. Maybe you read the same influencer that I read, and you came across that story. And everybody who's thinking about turning in for the night. You can rest knowing that denim is here to stay. It's not going anyplace. That was the point of her article today. <laughs> <laughs> and the prices of denim, oh, particularly insane. over in in Europe and in Japan oh, in well, particular. Just are you kidding crazy, me? Crazy. Down the street at Dillard's. Have you looked at their prices? <laughs> Please. <laughs> and, and the sizes. I got into this conversation with, um, we were at a department store the other day, and I started talking to the the woman behind the counter, I said, there's no problem bringing this back in Chicago because I might want to get home, might try these on. I might not be able to get mm-hmm. back here to return them if I need to return. She goes, oh, no, you can take it back any place in the country. Just keep your receipt. And I said, fine. I said, because you know how sizing is when it comes to jeans. And she said, I know. She said, I am so excited when I put on a pair of jeans that's like a size smaller than I, I'm supposed to be wearing. But then I, I put them next to the, my size, and they're actually bigger. She says, what's with that? Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah. Well, that's as you know, that's one of the things that still drives me nuts because I have purchased, Johnny has purchased and brought home Mm -hmm. because I will not waste the time trying them out on the stores. Three pairs of jeans, same manufacturer, same size. All of them fit differently. Oh, in different lengths and everything. Yeah. The reason you don't try them on in the store, and we'll take a break. In fact, we'll take a break, and I'll come back, and I'll tell you why Steve won't so try jeans. So there's the tease. I'll tell you why he won't try jeans on in a store. So stay with us here on WGN. Gene Vincent, the Blue Caps, uh, title song from his first album, Blue Jean Bop. Cliff Gallup playing some extraordinary guitar. And you playing air guitar. Well, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're talking about blue jeans. Yes. And the president that outlawed blue jeans in the White House was not George Washington. <laughs> I, I want to see, was it somebody like... It was not uh, Nixon. Um, Millard Fillmore. It was not Millard Fillmore. That's... Good guess, though. It was not Roosevelt. Uh, not any of those, but I have like to... Like Harrison or somebody? L- let, me, let me take you unfinished business, if oh, I may. Okay. So Steve will not try on jeans in a public place... Because one time, he was in a dressing room. True story. That was in the middle of the Kmart. You know, the men's dressing room was smack dab in the middle of the Kmart. And when he was bending... I was literally... Mm. uh, There I am, dressing room, middle of Kmart. I'm literally bending over, trying on, uh, pulling on a pair of jeans. Mm -hmm. I sneezed. I threw my back out. I couldn't... Get up with his pants around his ankles in the middle. <laughs> I was traumatized <laughs> by sneezing while trying on jeans in a Kmart. I will not try jeans on in stores anymore. I'm sorry. The vision of you. You can't make me. No, I won't. No. It's like something out of a bad movie we go okay now see while you're bending down to pull and literally sneeze my back was was out like for the next week or so (laughs) i'm sorry i shouldn't laugh that's when i was doing afternoons at bbm fm and i literally had to to I but forget how I did you ever get your pants up? Did you call for assistance uh, instead of clean up on aisle three? I don't. Three, I, I think was, I blocked. I was traumatized. Was, I blocked the experience out of my head. Pick up in the men's dressing room. But try room. to imagine that you, you're in mid no. pulling ge- and you sneeze and no, it hurts. And that was the word. The, the way it sounded. <laughs> that was your back going out. <laughs> I just had to tell that story because you have. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, no, Jeans. Not. not not a lot of secrets on the radio either, are there? None, none at all. Absolutely In none. In fact, Tom, you will learn that um, you may want to write out a sentence or two and have us sign it that you do not want your whole life on the radio because we, we have uh, been to particularly holiday parties. Oh yes. And there would be people like at a Thanksgiving table. And they start to tell the story. And they would look at us and say, this is off the record. (laughs) I'll hold you to it. Yeah. I go, oh, okay. And then finally someone. Darn, they won the wonderful show. And then someone in the family decided, let's just write out a sentence and make them sign it. (laughs) So we said, okay. 
All right. Non-disclosure agreement. You guys are no fun. We can always change the names and still tell the stories, which we did many times. Nothing like the cocktail napkin non-disclosure. That's right. Exactly. Yes. Uh, 269 area good said jeans. Yes. All the same jean and same size, but all fit differently. Well, if you order online, many stores are now charging a hefty price to return them. That's true. I think that's crazy. I, I agree with you. That, that is crazy. Um, because then you have to pay the shipping price to have yeah. it sent to you, and then if it doesn't fit because you didn't have but a I, choice, I, I really don't understand. That. I guess the answer would be economics. But why wouldn't a company that is going to put out uh, Johnny's jeans mm-hmm. say, "Okay, a size six will be these dimensions"? I'll period. Show, end of story. I'll why show, is that a big deal? I'll show you the video of how the the material is cut. It could be like two feet high and you got two feet of material the and lasers then a, no a no. machine comes in i know no. he thinks we should make jeans with a 3d printer I want yeah that. and we could work see? on that i can work on that <laughs> see uh, why not I, caleb do we still have any carbon fiber laying around uh, <laughs> we, in 151 we could make some i'm sure we could scrape some off the floor <laughs> no um Yes, you're right. It's called stack cutting, and, and it's the, not very accurate. It's called what? Stack, stack cutting. cutting. So you've got a stack this high okay. of material, and then uh, basically imagine a, a great buzz saw comes through, and it's got a pattern. That material is going to move at some point. Well, down staple there. it. Now, hush. I'm being serious. I'm try- <laughs> I am too. I'm trying to educate you, and you're <laughs> acting foolish. So <laughs> this is. I'm talking fashion. You don't mess with it, okay? <laughs> All right, so um, it moves, and that's why if you get the pair of jeans that was like three-quarters of the way down the stack, they may be real small or real big, and they're not the then size. Then don't make me pay those prices. Well, I agree with you. and I, I suspect you can buy very well-made, very well-fitting jeans. They're just going to be a very lot of money. But I don't I don't think that's true. I really? really yeah, I'm, I'm speaking I mean, from experience. It, I mean, there's still people making jeans, one jean at a time, that aren't using... You think so? Oh, yes. Well, what was the... Was it Orion who used to uh, order some things he from... Go, uh, he used to go to Japan and, yeah. and have his suits and his shirts made. Yeah. Uh, because he was, he's a big strapping man. Yeah. And he just couldn't go into Montgomery Wards and buy a suit. He had to get one that was made with the sleeves long enough and mm-hmm. all that other good stuff. And the prices were actually pretty reasonable if you happened to be there. Because then they could measure you. And then they would ship your, your mm-hmm. clothing to you. More than you guys ever wanted to know. But I have a question out. Andrew, I have a question out. So if anyone has, the, the people who are texting do not have the correct answer to the president who outlawed denim in the White House. This is our way of celebrating President's Day on Monday. 312-981-7200. You can text or call either way. Caleb, uh, do you have to work on Monday? Oh, Uh of course. Well, see, Tom, you said the school's open on Monday. Let's back up for a second. For people who have just joined us. Yes. Caleb is Caleb Jordan. He uh, teaches at uh, Gulf Coast State College. Yes, yes. I'm sorry. And we first met him at uh, WKGC. Right. When he was just a... Uh, he's a, a recovering a, DJ. I was just going to say he was a lowly DJ. Now he's a, he's a, he's a teacher. Now he's <laughs> Professor Jordan. Yes. Not yes. Low, hey, you lowly DJ. Yes. <laughs> Depends on the day. It does. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but um, I thought President's Day was like a national... So K-12 does follow along with President's Day. Okay. However, it's not a state-level holiday. Oh, so 
state colleges, college system doesn't get it off. I wonder if that if that is different from state to state. It probably is different from state to state. I would state. think so. Yeah. Whoever's got the clout. You obviously don't have the clout. No. Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so my, my question here is with the president, mm-hmm. is it before or after like a certain point? Like number wise, we've got like 48 presidents or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. I will tell you, you'll be surprised because um, um, you'll be surprised. Okay. <laughs> That's all I'll tell you. I have a vague idea of decades. So do I. <laughs> Aren't they like 10 years each or something? Come here, Tom. Come here. Depends, get a little closer. Depends on where on the stack you get your decade. That's right. It could be shorter or longer, depending upon how big the stack. I think we've lost control. And we don't even oh, have... Oh, you're assuming we ever had control? We don't even have sugar in here. You, we typically blame it on sugar. Like, I'm loopy because I've just had too much sugar. But no, we don't even have that to blame. It may be the alcohol is fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um... No, it's not Eisenhower, and you spelled Eisenhower correctly. She put in parentheses spelling. I, I, I will, the clue that I would give, and I don't know if I'm right, but I think I am. <laughs> <laughs> it was pre-Eisenhower. Oh, no. You're so wrong. Oh, I think I know. Who really? Is. Yeah, you're so wrong. Oh, yes. then I really am wrong. <laughs> I heard that somewhere. <laughs> No, it is Nixon. First time for everything. Everybody thinks it's Nixon because he was just ornery. They figure that's why he came in and said, everybody's going to wear a black suit and a white shirt, right? Women included. No, not true. Uh, how about if we take a break and we'll come back and uh, we uh, we call this unfinished business time. Again, a, a unfinished business and a, a cliffhanger. And tying up all the loose ends and then coming up, we have the last call and we have some goodies to give away. So stay with us here on WGN. I've decided we're keeping Andrew because um, dealer's choice tonight was quite, quite impressive. I am pretty great. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Andrew. All right. We've got a couple of uh, unfinished pieces of business here. Uh, Monday is President's Day. It's a holiday for a whole bunch of people. And um, if you know me, you know I love a piece of trivia. You do? So today when I can watch it. Well, today when I came across um, this nonsense about denim and it's here to stay, uh, the question came up, who was the president that had outlawed denim in the White House? And it was not Nixon. It was not Roosevelt. It was not George Washington. (laughs) I just have visions of him running around in his Levi's and... Anyway, um, we are going to go to line two and say good morning to Diane. Hi, hey, Diane. Hi, Diane. Hi. Hi. Um, Hi. I was thinking because um, jeans, like the pump room started during the late 70s or so, started um, allowing jeans, and there was a controversy over jeans were becoming such a thing. Jeans weren't That's an right. issue in those other eras, even Eisenhower or anything, you know. But... Mm-hmm. So therefore, I would say Gerald Ford. I mean, yeah, Gerald Ford. Yeah, no, that's a good. <laughs> no, 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 wait, Carter, Carter, Carter. Interesting, yeah. because when I wow, think of jeans, I, I, I think have of picked Carter. I think of Carter. I think of jeans. Um, right, and, but, but 
in the White House itself, I was thinking, yeah. that, you know, it's sort of an opposite thing that he would think of the formality. But jeans yeah. were becoming ubiquitous, you know, everywhere. Like they were becoming oh, a sure. fashion. Ralph Lauren and everything, remember? Sure. Yeah. And so maybe they were, maybe because they were everywhere, I would think a president during that era. So therefore, it would be, um, well, it, yeah, it could be Ford or Carter. I feel but like I you're, 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 right. you're, you're questioning yourself as you're talking. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Right, you're right, you're right. kind of working your way through the, no, the process. Di- Diane, it's, right, it's, all it's, the presidents. Okay, but yeah. I would say it's during that mid-70s, us. so I would say... Um, um, no, no, not, not, uh, not during that one. period. Okay. No, thank you. Okay. But it's interesting. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you. She was talking about how jeans had become ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. And I I honestly remember not being able to go into a store and buy jeans for women. I had to go to the men's department at Sears. Yeah. Because we didn't have them. And I'm, I'm not crazy. And I'm not 100 years old. This actually was a case. And we would go, we girls in the 70s would go to men's stores Mm -hmm. and they would have Levi's there and they were always too big in the waist, but that was okay because we had a pair of jeans and then finally they got with the program and Mm -hmm. and then we all got to wear jeans. Uh, All right. We're going to get an answer to this question, but she mentioned Carter. And of course I always imagined Jimmy Carter wearing jeans, a denim shirt. Um, He is um, mentioned when it comes to presidential trivia as being the oldest president. And news today is President Carter has been moved to hospice care. Yeah, he's actually having hospice care at his ho- at his oh, house in so Plains. He, oh, he wasn't moved. He's he not just moved. Has hospice yes, he's care now changed uh, from from uh, uh, regular medical care right. to hospice care. Uh, certainly, uh, not maybe not everybody thought his presidency was a great, but certainly you can't look at that man and say that is not somebody to. Uh, uh, respect and emulate. Amen. Right. Right. Amen. He, he, I've, I've always said it, and I'm sure some people are going to jump on me, but have a nice day. He may have not been the most effective man to ever inhabit the White House, but I think he may have been the most moral. Yeah. I, you'll get no argument from me. And, and what, I, what, what, wait, wait, what, wait, what? Morals. Pres, pres, presidents aren't all yeah. moral? What? Wait, what? I know. Shocking. On my bucket list was I always wanted to find myself in Georgia so I could hear him speak on a Sunday morning. Yeah. I thought that would be the coolest thing in the world. And he was doing that until pretty recently. So, Oh, sure. Uh, that, wasn't there a uh, CBS Sunday morning thing yes. about him doing that? Yes. Just, I, I want to say, within the last, certainly within the last, last year. year. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, we're going to uh, stop yammering and go to, um, we have line one. Is that right, uh, Andrew? Yes, her name is Gloria. Gloria, okay. And her name is G L O G L O R I. First of all, to Andrew, what a job he has done. Yes. I called about 38 minutes ago when you were talking about Punchki, but this uh-huh. guy manages to get everybody on the air, and I want to go backwards. Mm-hmm. Please read Jimmy Carter's biography. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Yep. Uh, I never thought much of him. I can't remember the name of the author, but he's a great man. All right, yeah. let's go back to uh, one of the reasons why I called. Mm-hmm. I think it's George Bush Dedham. Let's keep going backwards. For Punchy, By the way, I, 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 the I, I, I'm Punchy. going to hold you there for a second. I, I don't know, but I think you're right about Bush. Yes. Go ahead. Is this, uh, is this Steve? 
Uh, last time I checked, yes. <laughs> it is. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going backwards for all the time I've been That's on hold. Okay. I'm That's answering all, right. okay. all the questions you guys have come up with. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jimmy Carter, George Bush. Now I lost my train of thought. Uh, let's go back <laughs> to why I first called. Punchki is the plural. Punchket is the singular. You don't buy punchkis. You buy punch. You buy seven punchkis and one punchket. Uh, George Bush, denim. Jimmy Carter, read the biography. Oh, what else did you talk about in the latest? See, I think the Punchettes would have made for a great group name. No, no one. No Punchettes. It, it, it would have had to have been a, a 50s punch-key group. Twice. And, and I, oh, my I'm, God, I've been I'm, I'm sorry, Gloria. I'm sorry. There's no documentation of that anywhere because I, I cannot find it. Maybe I'm spelling it wrong. I but, listen to the Polish program every Saturday morning at 10 yeah. o'clock on WPNA. Okay. I married Polish. I'm a Southside okay. Irish Catholic, and okay. I listen to the Irish shower, and then when that's over, the Polish shower comes on, and they yep. talked about it last Saturday. Well, that's cool. Okay. That's the first I've heard Yach after all these years. Pane, and I'm Irish Catholic. <laughs> Watch it now. Easy for you to say. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to be proud to see you in a retro WGN t-shirt. We're going to send you one of those. Oh, and my we're going God. To- Do you know who won the Bob Collins pop quiz and sent 2,400 Thornton Township High School students to Great America? Oh, no. I am a WGN groupie. Well, then you must have. Did you did you know our brother-in-law, John Cruzan? Did you know John Cruzan? John Cruzan. Yeah. Okay, he was no, uh, I, Roger Trimster was my guest judge. He's an alumni. Oh. Alumnus. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. I'm it's okay. Alumna, That's right. alumnus, well, Gl- alumna. Gloria, uh, do us a favor, Gloria. Hold, Hold on. on. We'll get some information from you off the and air. And we're going to send you a retro WGN radio T-shirt. And you're going to get your very own desktop weather station from a weather, American weather maker. Oh, God bless Colin you and all. And Steve used to live in my neighborhood. Uh-oh. I'm not one ever Green Park, but I know you were Southside. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I grew we, up at 80th and Manistee. We have a mixed marriage. Southside yep. no, guy. Southside I mean, guy, Northside girl, but I have converted um, her into a White Sox fan. Yes. Well, hold on for a couple seconds. We'll get some information from you off the air. So, Andrew, make sure you get all the information from uh, from Gloria. Bless her heart. She had so many things to cover. I know. <laughs> and now uh, it is almost time for our last call. It is. Already? Oh my, the time has just flown right by, hasn't it? <laughs> I just got to look at him, he's dazed. <laughs> he's absolutely dazed. We may have to drive him home, and Nine I'll follow o'clock you. is my bedtime, okay? <laughs> by, by the way, I'm, on the air, I, I, yes. I'm going to pull the curtain aside. A huge amount of applause oh to Tom Hoots, who has been nice enough to let us use his studio, Studio 812 in Lynn Haven, and Tom spent literally hours, hours reconfiguring what is a recording studio so we could come in and do a radio show and that's a ton of work and thank you thank you thank you we can never thank you enough for letting us do this time I, I, really it's not a big deal and uh yeah, it is. I, and, well we i get to, to look i get to stay up late once in a while then okay <laughs> and then listen do as we do use this late hour Oh, this is an excuse for, for the rest everything. of for everything next week. You can have anything you want to eat because you stayed up till the wee hours of the morning. Yeah, I was up late on Sunday you, you night. You could watch anything you wanted Even to eat. Even if it gets to Wednesday, Thursday, yes. Friday, you're, you're still, still recovering. Music. That pistachio ice cream's in a lot of trouble. That's when I right. Home. There you go. Okay, we're going to take a break. <laughs> but give us a call 
at uh, 312-981-7200. And Andrew will uh, will go through the calls. He'll let us know uh, who's on what lines. And, and then we'll uh, pick one. We'll pick one. You will be our last caller because the lights are flicking. It's last call time here on WGN. Don't trash Are you this trashing gym. the place before we're out of here, Tom? <laughs> Well, I'm trying to get stuff put away, okay? He's closing Why? up the joint around us. But, I, but, I, <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, you're you're not but done see, with it. You're not done with that microphone I'm yet. I'm not done with okay. it. I'm, I'm going to hold it with both hands. Tom has the same filing system I do, alphabetically according to size. That noise you heard was the microphone being pulled away from me. Oh, that wasn't just us talking? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Um, before we get to our last caller, and uh, we chose a number, and um, that person's going to be on the line in just a moment. Uh, Gloria was right. George Bush was the president that banned jeans from the Oval Office and reverted everybody back to a dress code that was set in place during his father's administration. It was kind of a reaction to Clinton who had become very lax with mm-hmm. his dress in the White House. And when Bush came along, he said, Clinton no. wore dresses in the White House? <laughs> Didn't you hear all that nonsense about the dress? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Next thing you know. That may be the line of the night, Tom. Tom's going to be working blue in a few <laughs> minutes. Watch it. Um, <laughs> So uh, Bush came along and he said, no, we're not going to do things the way Clinton did around here. We're not going to be wearing blue jeans. We're going to be. And this is a guy that wore blue jeans all the time. Yeah. A lot of people had guessed that it was Reagan because he was seen often riding horses, but not in the White House. See, that was the key we we're talking about. He never about. rode a horse in the White not House? Not in the White House. No. <laughs> I think uh, if I were president, I would. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Who's going to tell you no? <laughs> do you remember the time when the Northwestern girls soccer team got invited to the White House, and it was a big brouhaha. Yes. Because they wore (gasps) flip-flops. This was a scandal on the front page of the Chicago Tribune. It was a The Northwestern girls wore wore flip-flops. And Orion. Yes. Our own Orion Samuelson was in agreement. They should not Not wear flip-flops in the White House. No bare feet in... It was crazy, and you know they were wearing dresses, and they but that's that that was their their thing, the flip flops. So anyway, um, we are going to go to our last caller, and we chose out of all the people that called in the number three, and that means we're going to say hi to Sam. Good morning, hi, Sam. Good morning, Sam. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm good, man. I'm so thankful I turned in. This is the first time I turned into your program, and I had a blast listening tonight. Get oh, well, out thank of you. here. Where, where are you calling from? Yeah, I'm calling from Round Lake Beach, Illinois. Good. Okay. Great. How come yeah. you're up at this hour of the say, morning? I, I, have to, I have to include this, because I know you only got a couple seconds left or whatever, yeah. but Take when your you're time. talking about Bush, I want to say that my a remarkable memory when you're talking about a guy from Texas with blue jeans is mm-hmm. when he had to walk with a foreign leader uh, and hold hands with him. It was, <laughs> it was. I mean, I know that's their their uh, system yes. over there. Their, their mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, what they what they have going on. But but to watch uh, Bush uh, holding hands with one of these foreign leaders uh, and walking along, a guy from Texas, I really got a kick out of it. It's so funny how these things lodge in your mind. I'm like, okay, that that's interesting. Little piece of trivia there. Um, to, how, how come you're up at this hour of the morning, yeah. Sam? Uh, yeah, I actually just got laid off from work, so I'm just 
uh, I, I my clock is uh, a, a little out of a little out of order, so I'm I'm up and I wouldn't usually be up, but I'm up right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Uh, well, uh, do you want to pitch uh, for for anybody who wants to hire you? Uh, what uh, What do you do? <laughs> No, I actually have my own business, but I uh, oh. when I say laid off from work, it's just that uh, the accounts we have for uh, removing snow and so forth have uh, oh. kind of at the end of it right now. So Got it, um, got it. Uh, over the yeah. years um, in doing our all-night show, we had a whole troop of guys we called the Plow Boys. Yep. And every time there would be a big snow, the Plow Boys would call in from whatever parking lot or street that they were plowing and. It, it was really fun because obviously it, it's it's good work, it's good money, but it's been a lousy winter for you guys. Yeah, it's been a tough one. This you yeah. know, but anyway, but we're we're still grateful. We're hanging in there, and we got some stuff popping up on Monday the, with the turn of the season. So uh, different stuff, you know. But well, uh, but uh, yeah, we're, we're doing okay. Um, well, but I'm so I, like I said, I'm so grateful I tuned in because I really enjoyed the laughter. I loved the. You know, the continuous just around the table kind of a lightheartedness and all of you. I just think your personality stood out like, you know, Aww, I would definitely t- tune in again. You know, well, let well me, th- thank you. We're going to put you on our resume. <laughs> and and let me take this moment <laughs> okay. to say that for those of you who tune in next week, it's going to be a short show because next week we have a Blackhawks hockey game that's going to take us up till 1230 in the morning. Then we're going to be on at 1230. And seriously, I hope you'll tune in, Sam, because we're going to have a guy in the studio with us who is freaky deaky. He is a mentalist. He's the musical mentalist, Sidney Friedman. And he's going to do some things that will blow your mind, and he will do them on the radio. And, I mean, it's unexplainable. Just to give an example, he was in the studio with us uh, for one New Year's Eve, and we had uh, one of the people from the station came in, and... Sitting across the table, Sydney could not see this. He drew something. Sydney did not see what, what he, he drew. Sydney mm-hmm. drew the exact same thing and held it up. And the guy that drew oh, the picture God. ran from the studio screaming, "No, no, yep. no!" <laughs> I mean, wow, it's really crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I tell you is. what, I'll definitely tune in. Good. Hang on for just a second because we're going to be proud to see you in a WGN retro logo T-shirt. And you can choose a large oh. or extra large. And we're going to send you your very own desktop weather station. And who better than a plowboy to have a desktop yeah. weather station from American that's, Weathermakers. That's awesome. Media. Can I include one more thing? Yes, sir. Sure. How, how can I twist your arm to, to make the shirt uh, size for a child? I have a beautiful granddaughter. I'd love to give it to her. Oh, well, you know what? Talk to Andrew, okay? He will take some information from you off the air. That's very sweet. And it's nice to meet you too, Sam. We look forward to seeing you you on the radio again. Bye-bye now. Thanks a lot, Sam. Yeah, next week, in fact, next week's going to be interesting because uh, we are... This one, not so much. Next week will be really... (laughs) Because it'll be an hour, you know, an hour and a half long. But but we're still in, uh, in Panama City Beach for the next week. So we fly home next saturday but because we have a short show yes we're going to be live next saturday night so we will fly home uh, get back to chicago somewhere around noonish and then uh join you kids on the air that night and we have a bunch of interesting things coming up 
over the next several weeks. Uh, some of the people that we've got uh, on our schedule, our friend Bill Anderson. Yes. Yes, Whispering Bill Anderson from the Grand Ole Opry is a dear friend. We haven't talked to Bill in uh, too long. He's going to be joining us. We're gonna ha- he's got some new music out. Was nominated for a Grammy for a song that he did right. with Dolly Parton. So he just came back from L.A. where he was at the Grammys. We're going to have the Cashbox Kings in studio with us, and we're going to be celebrating the release of their new CD. Mm-hmm. And they've got a couple of shows coming up in Chicago, and we'll tell you all about that when they stop by. If you're a fan of American Idol. Mm-hmm. Taylor Hicks was the winner of season five. He's, He's going to be stop joining by. us. Yeah, so, yeah, we, we try to uh, bring some music to you. We try to keep up on uh, local folks who are making some great music. And when we're down here in Florida, our plan is to do the very same thing, is introduce you to some musical talent that we have here. Because as we said earlier, we got loads of it here on the Panhandle. Yeah, that this is, uh, there is so much talent around this area and I think it has only uh, increased over the past, uh, I would say, about 15 years. Tom, you, you've been recording people down here for a long time. But uh, am I wrong? Or over the past 15 years, it just seems like the talent pool has just started to grow and grow and grow. You know, uh, going back to mid, mid-80s when I got started with a studio here, um, we, have a lot, we had a lot of people coming through. But the talent has gotten way more diverse now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just, there's some crazy talented people doing some crazy things that are it's really a lot of fun mm-hmm. i mean I, it, it is a fun time to to uh watch performers here in uh the well, not, not only musical performers but but actors and writers but well, we had michael listron yeah. with us last week right uh, this is just a it's it's almost parts of it are becoming like artist colonies yeah, that's true. Uh, we spent some time in uh, Eureka Springs, Arkansas, mm-hmm. and there was a because right next door to Branson, Missouri, where you had a lot of music going on. You had the arty folks that went across the border into Arkansas and turned that into this community that was thriving with mm-hmm. you know, with shops and art, and then your music as well. So, well, before we get out of here, again, our thanks to uh, to Tom for uh, being nice enough to let us hang out at his studio time. Thank you so much. Uh, Thanks to uh, Caleb Jordan. Mm -hmm. Thanks to uh, the crew back at WGN Radio, Dan Long. The keeper of the big big plug. plug, Who was not responsible for us becoming unplugged last week. We want to go on record, right, Dan? That was was the weather. That was not you. Clean as a sheet tonight, though. That's the important thing. Yes. Well, the show's not over yet. (laughs) right <laughs> thank you dan also on the other side of the glass andrew b as gloria said oh my gosh that man pulls this whole show together and she's right andrew thank you so much in the newsroom ron brown and gabe salgado mm-hmm. and gabe's gonna hang around and, and bring your news for the rest of the night and we should remind you if you want to uh, follow us you can go to uh, our personal homepage, which is steveandjohnny.com You can check out our blog. That's uh, stevenjohnny.wordpress.com. And if you want to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash steveandjohnnyshow. And uh, I think, have we, we've just about run out of words. Yep. So the only words I have left to say are the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom.